This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Get ready to fall back into good hygiene and impeccable grooming with Manscaped. Join the two million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with promo code LASERTIME. Vanilla Ice gets a movie, Johnny Depp emerges from hell, and from the minds that brought you Resident Evil comes The Three Musketeers. This week on 302010! Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between, welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine, opening you up three little portals into the past. We're talking about this week in mostly pop culture history, 3020 and 10 years ago. Hello, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista, who is with me. I'm Diana Goodman, and I'm living the dream, by which I mean I'm going by the dumpster behind the diner and seeing the spooky guy and screaming. <laughs> I understand that reference. It's me, Sarah. It's her, Sarah, and we'll be talking about the week of October 15th to the 21st in 1991, 2001, and 2011. Get it? Three decades covered very quickly relative to the length of the show. <laughs> but there are so very many movies, TV uh. shows video games uh, and, and albums to talk about that came out this, during this period. Holy Lord. This one's going to be a monster. There mm. is a lot that needs talking about. And uh, pretty much from here until the rest of, to the end of the year, it's we, we got to put it in fifth and just go because there is yes. there are like two classics every episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to get really, really weird. And um, yeah, thanks to everyone for the well-wishery during the, uh, the stomach stuff. Uh, my appendix well, I had an emergency ap- appendectomy last week at this very time. I was undergoing morphine. Yeah, everyone was super sweet about it. And I'm, today was almost the first day without pain. And then a little sort of trickling in right before the show. But we don't know if that's the McDonald's or not. Uh, but moving on from that, our executive producer this week is Sean Naughton and many other fine people at patreon.com slash lasertime supporting this show and the whole Lasertime network. Thanks so much to Sean and uh, all those people. Maybe get started for five bucks. Uh, we just put up a bonus show if you really want to hear the whole tale of having to go to a hospital during a COVID pandemic. Uh, by that, I mean, nobody visit me, please. <laughs> it's a giant pain in the ass. And so much more. The extra 302010 show, extra uh, bonus show about the classic corner, and bonus video game show. Those are all coming at you. And I can finally right. sit up and edit them after a week in pain. Um, let's get into 302010, October 15th to the 21st, starting in 1991, as we always do. A little bit of news that might remind you, I don't know, pop culture Luddites, what was happening and still listening to the show. Uh, the Senate confirms Clarence Thomas as a Supreme Court Justice 58 to 48, 11 dead and so vote yes. And how many 52. Were... 50, what did I say? <laughs> we didn't, you said 58 to 48. We Fif- didn't shrink the Senate since then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, 11 Democrats vote yes, two Republicans vote no. Weird. And 30 years later, he's still fucking there. He's still there. Oh, damn it. And there's mm. only like two dissenting Republicans. Nothing has changed. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's bipartisanship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's as close as we're going to get. Uh, and the Oakland fire burns 1,500 acres and destroys 2,800 homes and kills 25 people. Yeah. Oh. We we have uh, an increasingly terrible fire season here in Northern mm-hmm. California, but this is still one people are like traumatized by because mm-hmm. it took out a neighborhood. It, it took out a huge chunk of the Oakland Hills, sort of that Oakland 
Berkeley border. It gets up to the hills and it's kind of sprawling up there and it's dry brush canyons and those go up like nobody's it's business. Absolutely. It's something I, now that I'm not living in California, I have to remind myself like once a year you'll be driving on the 101, the highway, and you just look over and like, it's a dry fire that started in the middle of the highway. They'll get it, but it's like this can happen anytime for any reason with the slightest provocation. Yeah. The, the whole city can go up. October is always the worst month because mm -hmm. it, it's, especially if it's been dry all winter, like it has right now, we're in an extreme drought. The winds start picking up in October and it's just spreads real bad. But usually it's somewhere out like small towns, way, way over there, North Napa. Oh man. Something. But this is right in a metro area, massive mm. fire, destroying 2,800 homes. Mm-mm. Uh, yep. bad but times. climate change is a myth and windmills cause cancer. So, um, <laughs> Moving on to the movies of 1991, October 15th to the 21st. Oh my God! Every one of these is worth seeing, including our first movie, um, the uh, Sarah and Diana story. Horror. Just kidding. Horror. Uh, Hua. Teresa Russell in, in a, a movie seriously called Horror. Um, yeah, it's a movie seriously called Horror, starring Teresa Russell, directed by Ken Russell, who's not related, but it's his last movie, and that's going to be a theme this episode. Hmm. It was obviously rated NC-17. It's based on a one-woman show about how someone gets to be a sex worker and the horrible things that they have to endure. And it got banned from a bunch of countries and it got banned from video stores under that title. And so in a lot of places you could find the video with a title. If you can't say it, just see it. Ooh. Okay. Because so Hua is two in your face. I think it got like a Troll 2 like sequel, Whore 2, yeah. which is like a hilarious title. <laughs> and, uh... It's not which is a big mistake. But it's also, <laughs> we don't have a trailer for it, but I do have one of my favorite YouTube clips on the internet. It's 12 seconds long from the movie Horror, and on YouTube is titled The Greatest Conversation in Human History. Um, it is definitely from Horror, and it's way funnier to watch. I want to fuck you up the ass. You can stick it up your own, asshole. <laughs> I would if I could, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, there's a lot to unpack here. <laughs> Who is getting pwned? In that, I don't right? know, but the way he... I like how how like jocular he was about that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bitch. I would if I could. <laughs> and then the Bitch. sound of his is like diesel sob <laughs> driving away. <laughs> what a fun reaction! Still more infamous. The next movie, I I don't even want to know if I pronounce try and pronounce the cast. Ho. K. Kui, Fan Mi Sheng, Fan Su Wong, one of the greatest movies I've ever seen, entertaining from, from every frame. Ricky O, the story of Ricky. Amen. This, I, can I recommend a movie harder? No, no, I cannot. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Ricky O, the story of Ricky is a Hong Kong kung fu splatter film, yeah. I guess we could call it. It's based on a Japanese manga, and it's about a dude who goes into prison in the far-off world of 2001, <laughs> where all the prisons are super corrupt and run by private corporations. Okay, that tracks, that tracks. And it's just about how he's indestructible. And everyone keeps fucking with him, and he keeps messing them up real bad. Yeah. And that's, like, the whole movie. Yeah, it's every <laughs> single scene is somebody getting, like, mutilated with kung fu. And I think if you're fa early fans of The Daily Show with Craig Kilborn, 
yep. his five questions, they'd show that guy exploding another guy's head. That was from Riccio. Oh. Um, seriously, Sarah, you might have seen that on yes, the Craig yes. Daily Show. Yeah, no, day. what you haven't seen is the rest of Riccio, yes. where <laughs> there's a scene in a fight where a dude gets his intestines ripped out and then tries to strangle his opponent with his own intestines. God damn, Dolomite. Um, there's a guy just getting a hole punched right through him. Just, just right through him. Uh, there's a guy who turns into a sort of monster and he ends up in a meat grinder. It is fantastic. I talked about it at length on Random Movie Roulette, their podcast, because uh, they came to me and like, name some, pick a weird movie from 1991. And I was like, there are so many. And then mm. when I saw Riccio was there, I'm like, no, we, this is no competition. Riccio is a movie that everybody needs to see. And it's a strange recommendation for me that you should watch it dubbed. Really? I, I am a big fan. I am very staunch about, I like things subtitled so I can see the original performance. Mm-hmm. Because it is so gonzo and over the top, like the big dumb kung fu dubbing makes it just so much better. Yeah. Just like, it, you, I will defeat you. Aha! It is like what your parents think anime is, but it's live action and way bloodier than that. It is awesome. It is so awesome. I believe it was rentable on Amazon for a while there. I don't know where you had to scratch it up, but it is one of just the best. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's almost as gory as Dead Alive. It is real gory, but not as disgusting. It's comic gory. It's It's funny. It's like the Kung Fu version of Dead Alive. It's fucking great. If if you can hit a nice balance between gory and and disgusting gory that's a real sweet spot honestly yeah, you shouldn't yeah. mistake this for any real violence uh it, hey it's on shutter streaming hello hey. fantastic what? just right the time of year i got my shutter account Perfect. active um, yeah our shutter's running every yeah day. i i could not say enough nice things about ricky o the story of ricky's called r-i-k-i-o-h I don't know why. It's endlessly entertaining the type of movie you literally could not make in America at this time. Yeah. Nobody would have financed this. There's tons no. of stuff like it now, but like it is so fun from end to end. Riccio, I cannot, yeah, big recommend. Yeah, it, it's, it is a seeing is believing kind of movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, a movie I did not go back and revisit because um, I never liked it that much. Uh, River Phoenix, Keanu Reeves, Gus Van Sant's My Own Private Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um I feel conflicted about this because I do like it. Mm-hmm. I just have some problems with it. I mean, it is very important when it comes to queer cinema. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's because it is more forthright than things had been at the time. I should and say, it it's stars not that I big didn't, old stars. Man. I didn't like it. I did, it's a movie, a Gus Van Sant movie I didn't love. And didn't yeah, go- but it's, it's about uh, these street hustlers. Keanu Reeves is actually the son of a rich guy who's kind of doing it to rebel and yeah. and might not even be gay doesn't seem to be gay but river phoenix is and like they're best friends and they go on this journey and it's also a retelling of henry the fourth part one and two which i really like about it except that sometimes like the dialogue starts to get shakespearean and it's like i really would have preferred it if you just had regular old dialogue and you know if you get it you get it and if you don't you don't that's cool but the performances are fantastic god i miss river phoenix yeah it's wild to me that after this, Keanu Reeves was kind of seen as a lightweight when he's so good in this and so not a lightweight yeah, at he, all. He's the one who signed on and then went to go get River Phoenix for it. Yeah. He, this is after Gus Van Sant sent it to both of their agents expecting it to be rejected because of gay content. Hmm. It really shows you that Keanu that we love now has always been there. Yeah, Just... <laughs> nobody could recognize it or he didn't want to show it to us necessarily but yeah the 
I mean, a Gus Van Sant movie that's a little bit, well, up its own ass. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. The, the true inventor of mumblecore, Gus Van Sant. I don't love Gus Van Sant very much. I feel like a lot of his stuff is needlessly... In the indie? Not even that, but dark. Just Dark isn't even the right word, but it, it's it's a little too dark at times his stuff i guess Mm -hmm. is the best way to put it but i did enjoy this quite a bit and i do think it definitely deserves its place in the queer canon Mm. for sure i mean i I think it's a sensitive portrayal and i do think that it showed a type of person and a type of lifestyle that we had not really been exposed to at that point Mm -hmm. and you also have to remember sarah we wouldn't have you're the man now dog without gus van sant that is that is his movie that that is (laughs) from that's fair yep that that's true but i don't know if i know a single gay dude that does not have this on dvd just because of uh scenes of you know keanu all greased up uh stand, uh, on like a porno cover oh i have weird... this on dvd what are my friends gonna think of me now nah. <laughs> i do love the scene of all of them on the different magazine covers talking to each other i thought those are really genius little yeah sidebar there's, yeah there's a i mean there's a lot to recommend it and it, it is weird seeing it 30 years later. It's like, well, w- what was shocking then is like a lot less shocking. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to put it into the context of the time of like, oh, that was very shocking. That guy is blowing River Phoenix. Oh, no. Like, and, like, and, and it's also, not like you're seeing anything. Come on. Shut also, up. do not associate it with a much cheerier B-52 song. I had to check. Like, <laughs> that's not from this soundtrack. Gus Van Sant named it after that song that came out 10 years earlier. Mm, they they huh. are totally different vibes and flavors. Yeah. So it's like, oh... It's one of those where it's like, okay, is it more important than it is good? Maybe it's like it just doesn't. Yeah, some some of it just doesn't work for me. Like I said, like the dialogue, Mm -hmm. but yeah, overall worth watching. Yeah, absolutely. There's there's definitely some fat that could be cut from it. I think. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, Uh, you know what doesn't have any fat on it? Yeah, lean and mean (laughs) movie poised to be a huge success. Why not? It has Naomi Campbell in it. Uh, James Hames, John Hames Houston, Houston Newton, nope. Nope. Uh, <laughs> John Hames Newton, Candy Clark, Michael Gross, uh, Kristen Minter, and of course, Yo Nilla, Vanilla Ice. Uh, the movie Cool as Ice is out. <laughs> when you meet a girl with a cold, cold heart. <laughs> yep, yep, she likes it. You know each other. No. There's only one, 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 one way to melt it. Drop that zero and get with the hero. Just add ice. Sometimes I'd like to do something really wild just because I never have. Vanilla ice. Homeboy, this. You ain't true to yourself. You make me feel special. You ain't true to nobody. Cool as ice. Yeah, boy. Cool as ice. This movie rules. <laughs> I, this movie is both fun to make fun of and so much better than it should be. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It was a punchline at the time. It didn't do very well. I, I'm shocked at the movie that beat it at the box office. But this this was broadcast the whole summer to be like, this is going to be a huge hit. Vanilla Ice will surely be popular in another six months. Whoops. Not <laughs> not, not so much. But like the movie is be, is silly but competent. It's yeah. a fine yeah. film. It is. <laughs> this yeah, is it. it's a lot of it is just kind of the wild one, the Marlon Brando movie. Yeah. But then like they with like a little of your usual like i don't want you seeing that boy anymore kind mm-hmm. of foot, <laughs> foot loosery i'll call it i won't but... have his rappery in my house <laughs> so <laughs> vanilla ice stars as not vanilla ice who so is weird. a rapper who's on tour with his buddies on motorcycles and then mm-hmm. they come into this town and then they need to get one of their bikes fixed 
and he falls for this like fancy girl and she's got a boyfriend who doesn't like no you should not be attracted to that guy with the ridiculous haircut and (laughs) then there's lots of you know stay away from that boy and you lied to me dad and uh then there's a fight what kind of man wears a leather hat it's (laughs) it's a doc hollywood situation (laughs) they get yes (laughs) yeah it's a it's doc hollywood it's also there's a there's a bit of say anything in there um yeah it's I mean, it would just be a whatever movie if it wasn't a vanilla ice vehicle. Right. And my favorite thing about it is it looks a lot better. It's like, so you, pretty. It, it <laughs> looks so much better than anything like this deserves to. Yeah. Because the cinematographer is a man named Janusz Kaminski. Mm-hmm. You might recognize him from every single Steven Spielberg movie since <laughs> Schindler's List. Yeah. Yeah, that name has come up a lot on the yeah. show. Yeah, so it has a world-class cinematographer just at the beginning of his career. <laughs> yeah, two wow. years later, he's doing Schindler. So it looks really expensive, and it is not. No, but it looks pretty. Yeah. Everything outdoors looks beautiful. Yeah, huh. it's like the beautiful scenery of America juxtaposed with like music video HD music video throwdowns. And I, I believe this skipped DVD altogether, but does have a Blu-ray release. This wasn't released for... Really? I made money moving out. I moved it to California. It was bootlegging DVDs. I was selling Cool as Ice on eBay uh, because <laughs> it didn't exist and you could, it couldn't stream it yet. Now you can stream it. Now you can buy it. But it looks... It's hard to knock the cinematography. It really is. like, And, and, and it makes you glad someone of that magnitude of talent was there to document all of this 1991 goodness uh immaculately so i've seen this in the theater like three times everyone has a blast with it yeah yeah it's i remember revival theaters not at the time oh i was gonna say (laughs) my goodness yeah Yeah, i remember it's one of those where it's like we rented it to make fun of it and it wasn't that fun to make fun of (laughs) it's like it's fine honestly you know you make this exact same movie with freaking zach efron no one's gonna think anything about it. I mm. need to lobby for this to be played at our Cap City. Do it. Do because it. I need it to see it there. in that context. It has a, a vanilla ice where several colors that have since been retired. So like <laughs> <laughs> be great to see in the big screen. Uh cool yeah, as ice, it's, baby. It's so weird. It's just so weird. Huh. It, okay. It's a why, fascinating Why is film. this competent? I'm very upset. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then not even number one this week. This movie is <laughs> overshadowed by a Hollywood production of a play. Yeah. Um, well, hmm. Can I just point out, two weeks ago, we had Joe Pesci's name above the title on yeah. the movie. And this week, the number one movie, and all of the ads are entirely about the star of this movie. Mm-hmm. Why? How did this happen? It was a magical time. It's a big fall for our short kings. And (laughs) we should celebrate them. Honestly, I love a short king. A five foot tall gnome from New Jersey. Love. (laughs) What's not to love? Is opening a movie that's number one. And uh, yeah, as well as the love bugs, Dean Jones, Piper Laurie, Penelope Ann Miller, Gregory Peck. And uh, yeah, of course, we're talking about Danny DeVito, number one at the box office. It's other people's money. Everybody agrees Danny DeVito has never been funnier. Deliciously nasty. You never talked about what I want to talk about. What's that? You and me sweating between satin sheets. Devilishly funny. DeVito is brilliant. Is that so? The 10, one of the year's best films. I've been trying to show you for weeks. Danny DeVito. I'm doing my job. Other people's money. Rated R. What a fun movie. Yeah. 
man, I'm so sad I missed out on this. I just had to make some choices when it came to what I watched in preparation. And Sam and I watched the trailer for this when we were making our decisions. Mm-hmm. Man, did it look fun as yeah. hell. It's on HBO Max. It's a it's basically a comedy about a hostile corporate takeover. Danny DeVito as a cutthroat New York businessman coming into a little small town steel mill to completely take it over and tell them what to do. And it it, well, and to liquidate it. He's to, closing yes. it and liquidating it because he thinks, well, you know, the individual parts are worth more than they are operating. Yeah. Then you get to, but you get to meet like the whole, a whole town's worth of people who don't want this to happen. It's a very dark comedy that I think probably in focus testing had a couple of scenes inserted there of feel goodery added mm-hmm. in because yeah, like it does pull it, some punches. Yeah. Well, that was one thing. I was really surprised by is I was waiting for the turn where his heart grows through sizes <laughs> that day. And no, there isn't a moment like there's some moments where it's like he feels kind of bad. He, he wishes it didn't have to be this way as opposed to wishing he didn't do a thing. But he he never reforms. He is a total asshole. This Good. whole movie. He is sexually harassing Penelope Ed Miller, who's mm-hmm. like the, the opposition lawyer. He's being a giant dick to Gregory Peck right to his fucking face. I've never seen Gregory Peck say, now listen here, you little son of a bitch. But I, <laughs> turns out I needed that in my life. I, I like, I also, uh, in like, terms it's of. It's not great, but it was, I ended up having a really good time. Like, and in, ter- in terms of, if, in terms of headcanon, if you no need one, head, if you need no headcanon, if you need headcanon for Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like, how did Frank Reynolds make his money? <laughs> It's like wow. it, it works really because he's doing that character. Bravo. He's wow. doing that character. Danny DeVito is doing that character the whole time. So right before season two, when he comes to Always Sunny, this is what he did before that. He- oh, <laughs> I love absolutely! That, that works so perfectly. It's a perfect I, Frank see, Reynolds I was character. thinking he was the penguin, then maybe he got hit on the head or something. because no. there's some moments where he goes kind of penguin. Money, guns, and whores. That's <laughs> that's what he's all about. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's weird that, I mean, it's got something like a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is like, yeah, and it's not great, but I, I ended up having a really enjoyable time. And yeah, Danny DeVito, can he can run a movie, man. That's, that's pretty shocked the public deemed this the number one movie, given everything else that's out, that this was the crowd pleaser this weekend. Man, the yeah. world was so different in 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's weird. We, it, it is really weird. On a person, I, I watched it several times recently because... We use something from this movie as shorthand to make fun of the company we used to work for because we worked at the web division of a magazine company who was mostly allocating all their resources to magazines. And it's just like, you guys are bringing buckets in while the place is on fire while you have this entirely new web operation that you won't fund at all. We were very pissed. And to relax ourselves occasionally with what was happening to the company, we'd send around Danny DeVito's speech about (laughs) that last company making buggy whips. I bet they were the best damn buggy whips ever. (laughs) But the automobile didn't stop the automobile, did it? That we used to pass that speech around to one another, and we felt really down about where wow. our company was. Yeah, it is. It's a good speech, and it, it kills me because it's 1991, and he's talking about you know it's a wire and cable company, mm-hmm. and he's like you know you guys are done, no one needs that, and I'm thinking internet, 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 internet. <laughs> but then he says no, fiber optics is the way mm-hmm. of the future, and I'm like oh shit, he's right. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> Still is. So. He's still going strong on Always Sunny, right? Yeah. Okay. He loves it. I don't get I'm it. Ki- it's like he's wonderful on Always Sunny. I've, yeah. I've dipped in, out, in and out of the show over the years, but I am really interested in him to go in a different direction. Like ha- have at least a, maybe a season run on something like The Good Wife or something, oh. you know, where he 
can maybe stretch a little bit and still like maybe Alan a, Cumming a, American Horror Story. <laughs> even, yeah, I mean, even something not even as campy as that, but a prestige drama where he can still be funny, but also maybe a little menacing or something. Alan Cumming was like perfect on The Good Wife, and I feel like Danny DeVito is ripe for something like that too. I I don't know what he's not down because I just I love him so much because he has been kind of exiled over and always sunny for like the last 15 years i can't think of many movies that i've even seen him in but in that we're talking about a guy who's the star of the number one movie 1991 on always sunny he's more than willing to like put aids liver spots all over his body get naked vomit everywhere like <laughs> do anything you ask him to do danny devito is, is not a guy who needs money but he loves whatever he's doing on always sunny he has to yeah, yeah he's having a good time i have said it before and i'll say it again Rename Columbus Day Danny DeVito Day. Yes. Agree. Mm -hmm. That's an Italian-American we can all support. Literally, like on our shoulders. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, everyone has a favorite Danny DeVito. It could be Taxi Danny DeVito, you know. Matilda Danny DeVito. Matilda Danny DeVito could be all the He that too, right? Yes. There you go. Double whammy. Mars attacks Danny DeVito. I think he, he his company produced things like Pulp Fiction and Reno 911. They wouldn't exist yeah. without Danny DeVito. And even though it's yeah, not in everyone the Everyone loves Again, him. A short king. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and he also has a pretty good brand of limoncello. Huh? With a okay. great theme song. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yes. Look that up Which on the break. I, he may have written himself, actually, I think. <laughs> Um, man, I was just yeah, so, all right. Other people's money. Other people's again. money is number one yeah. this week, beating out Not cool great, guys. But enjoyable. But seriously, every one of these movies has some, something worth talking about, and that that doesn't always happen. Hell yeah. Um, and it'll continue happening throughout the rest of the show. Even uh, this TV movie that I did not see. Um, did not mean to say the word Nazi. Uh, <laughs> as we move into TV of 1991, October 15th to the 21st, I was just reading about this person today. Because mm-hmm. unlike the rest of her entire cast, she is still with us. Barbara Eden, uh, hey. starring again in I Still Dream of Jeannie. It's a TV movie out this week. Look who's back on NBC. All right, I'm awake. America's favorite genie returns. Hey, place looks great. But she needs a new master or she's history. This is impossible. So what are you going to do? Will you be my master? Barbara Eden and Bill Daly, an all-new movie adventure, I Still Dream of Genie. NBC next Sunday. <laughs> Did, I didn't catch the synthy theme song mm. that, that was in the background. <laughs> Wow, uh, I'm I'm shocked. I'm old enough to know what I Dream of Genie is. Given that we're talking about I, it's, it's resurrection I thirty John years ago. Nick at night all the oh, time. I, thought she was, I was yeah. very into it. Back when I barely knew I liked women, I liked Barbara Eden a lot. It, she was very very fun to watch. There was definitely something psychosexual going on there. I think <laughs> for because I I felt like watching that show when I was at watching Nick at night. There's something very like sexual going on here. Like, as a child, I couldn't even put my finger. Because 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 she's a sexy woman who calls men master and does what they ask. Maybe I, you're onto something. When you juxtapose <laughs> it, like she's standing around exclusively men in military outfits that never, <laughs> that you don't even see their wrists, and it's a, this yes. woman showing her midriff in the '60s, and it's she's pink clothes, and yet she still has such power busty. over them as well. Mm-hmm. That's well, true. Keep talking. Maybe we're looking <laughs> into some uh, big. I'd like to see a lot of people it's about time you were... tracing back their BDSM maybe interests now back to some early exposure to I Dream of Genie. I like how you attribute <laughs> that to other people instead of you. 
and <laughs> all these discoveries you just made. I'm just saying theoretically. <laughs> yeah, good, good luck, other people. Um, <laughs> 1991 video games. We will go through them with a fine tooth comb on patreon.com slash laser time. But I'll give you some tidbits here, including one of the few games I can smell. It is Spider-Man for the Genesis. I remember the smell of the Genesis container and the poster that was inside, the chlorine that I smelled like because my dad made me join the swim team one summer in order to get this game. He said if I placed in a swim meet on a weekend, he would buy me Spider-Man for the Sega Genesis. I made oh, wow. second, walked out yeah! of the pool, and said, I quit. Give me Spider-Man. And never <laughs> swam again. <laughs> it's totally worth it. They made me wear a Speedo. It was humiliating. I, my legs Aww. were very, very pale. Uh, I hated it so, so much. But it's, I, I love this terrible Spider-Man game. But it's part of the interesting bet Gen- uh, Genesis was making when Nintendo wasn't. We're going to get Mickey in a game. We're going to get Spider-Man in a game. Michael Jackson, Tommy Lasorda, Joe Montana. Where Nintendo wasn't doing anything like that. Like trying to land exclusive stars of its video games. And uh, yeah, Genesis got ahead of them this generation for moves like Spider-Man. 1991 Music, Emotions, but Mar- uh, Mariah Carey is still number one this week. We also have some new releases like uh, Live Your Life Be Free by Belinda Carlisle, Chorus by Erasure, Bad Example by Warren Zevon, Private Line by Gerald Levert, uh, and The Wayward Sons of Mother Earth by Skyclad, one of the first folk metal albums ever. Love. What a fun combination. Yeah. yeah. And what's taking us out, Diane? I think we'll go with Mr. Bad Example by Warren Zevon right. because... I think the kids need more exposure to Warren Zevon. He's a fun guy. Word. I love Warren Zevon. Yeah, just a wicked sense of humor. And it's it's so much more than yeah, Werewolves of London, which has, you know, a lot of humor in it. But yeah, yeah this song is fun. So, yeah. Well, all right. Let's, <laughs> uh, we're going to close out with a little Zevon, but stay right there. Oh, 2001 is going to get silly. I'm very well acquainted with the seven deadly sins. I keep a busy schedule trying to fit them in. I'm proud to be a glutton and I don't have time for sloth. I'm greedy and I'm angry and I don't care who I cross. I'm Mr. Bad Example, intruder in the dirt. I like to have a good time and I don't care who gets hurt. I'm Autumn is in the air, the pumpkins are in the patch, and our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't uh, (laughs) carve your pants pumpkins or your Thanksgiving gourd when you're grooming your patch. You know what I mean. Make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the Leaders in Male Grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. And this season, get 20% off those grooming needs by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping using the promo code LazerTime. Because, hey guys, just because it's the Halloween season, it doesn't mean you should walk around looking like the wolf man. Come on, fellas. There's going to be plenty of sexy costuming afoot, so you got to step up your game a little bit with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. The fourth generation lawnmower trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to the advanced and safe technology. Plus, it's waterproof. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to chop those worst weeds up top in your nose and ears. This nose and ear hair trimmer uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system to provide proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. (laughs) Seal the deal with the Manscaped Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, which will have your balls smelling as delicious as pumpkin spice lattes on a chilly autumn morning. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and 
shed travel bag. Are you ready to fall head over heels for Manscaped yet? Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping using the promo code LASERTIME. That's one word, LASERTIME. Once again, that's 20% off plus free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. It's a fall ball. Choose Manscaped because your balls will thank you. Coming in with Cry Baby uh, off of Here to Heaven, the only album <laughs> ever by Jamie Lynn Singer, a.k.a. Meadow Soprano. A med. Sigler, my yeah. bad. Mrs. It's not bad, no? but, you know, it's very much in a earlier Britney Christina Aguilera mode. Say it's a couple of years too late on the style. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's Brie Larson-esque. Um, yeah, it is. <laughs> mm. uh, but yeah, she had she had found uh, some stardom with her television show. Was always a singer, I believe, is what she said. She sings once or twice on the show in very memorable fashion. All through the night. Have I seen The Sopranos recently? The Madrigals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to 2001, baby. October 15th to the 21st. Um, we also have other music releases, including the argument, the last album by Fugazi. I didn't know Fugazi had made an album in 20 years. Why do people still worship that dude? Atomic by Lit. <laughs> Cutting Heads by John Mellencamp. Again, Down to Earth by Ozzy Osbourne. Feminist Sweepstakes by Latigre. Mahogany Soul by Angie Stone. And Pretty Together by Sloan. Oh, and Wonderland by Kellis. Uh, I'm Real by Jennifer Lopez featuring Job Rule is number one. Back again after three weeks. Letting us know an 11 is so. Just man, them and Fallen by Alicia Keys. Just back and forth and back and forth and back. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, the only, new, right. only news I have for 2001, and I... I didn't bother to look up what this entails, ladies and gentlemen. It's it's over. American on, America Online 7.0 is available now. Get your new AOL. I don't. Wow. Now with new keywords. No, no web browser. Sadly, movies. Uh, I was still collecting all those CDs, and then I embedded them all into the top of my coffee table, and it looked so cool. Oh shit! Yeah, what, yeah somebody's shiny gonna side a... up because they're just free and they're fucking everywhere. So right. just grab a couple at a time, just save them all. I'm doing my best after Sopranos rewatch to not think about it, but it's hard, especially when you have movies like The Last Castle with Mark Ruffalo, James Gandolfini, and Robert Redford. Uh, to yep. talk about a movie Sam and I just talked about, a movie we desperately wanted to love but isn't good at all. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. It's bum- I'm bummed because it's Rod Lurie who did uh, The Contender. This mm. is his follow-up to The Contender. And oh. it's a prison drama about a military prison where James Gandolfini is in charge and Robert Redford, I think, outranks him but is a prisoner. And then they're like, yeah, I don't know, it's kind of, I think, Crimson Tide. It's like Crimson Tide in a prison. But uh, not good or fun mm-hmm. or terribly interesting. It's real slow. It's kind of boring. And all the critics pretty much are like, this is slow and boring. I love James Gandolfini. Put him in more stuff. It's, and it's nice that he's not playing a thug. He's playing like a smart guy. Right. It's mm. James Gandolfini's first like big starring film role after The Mexican. But like starring role for people who love The Sopranos, which was everybody right now. And I remember him saying like, uh, he, did, he changed the role ever so slightly. Like, I don't want to do any more roles where I'm smoking a cigar. That I do that one place, and I'm not going to do that anywhere else. And he didn't, uh, even though you can see several times where this character would probably have a cigar uh, as an idiot warden in an old prison. Um, yeah. Whew. Uh, <laughs> I like who you included in the cast on this day. He has one scene, but yes, Alex Jones is in this movie. 
Yeah. With Julie Crazy. Delphi, uh, Ethan Hawke, and Wiley Wiggins in Waking yep. Life. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Linklater's uh, dipping his toe into the rotoscope movement, which is something you know you can't really get a lot out of. It's kind mm. of rudimentary. Most people could do this with an app on their phone at this point. But to make yeah, it, yeah, it's it, basically an Instagram filter now. It is. Yeah, but it was but, interesting back then. It, cause oh, yeah. Back then, and these aren't like fancy supercomputers. They're like iMacs. Mm-hmm. Like they, they use commercially available stuff. Thanks, Steve. But, uh, they use, you know, Steve's commercially available stuff to animate over these scenes of people talking. And it's weird that we like just talked about Slacker, which yes. technically was 11 years old. Because it's pretty much just that again, it where it's slacker. just sort of people wandering around and having conversations. Only this time they're like philosophical, oh, usually. I fucking love this movie so much. Oh, really? It, okay. Yes. It is mental Xanax for me. It is just so relaxing. I I watched it again today, actually, in order to prepare to make sure that I like it as much as I thought I remembered that I liked it. And I like it even more now, actually. Wow. Like, it's so... It's just a movie that you can get so much out of, I think. And it came to me at the absolutely right time in my life because I was coming right out of nerd camp where I took philosophy classes. I was super close with the whole group of people. We were all really into philosophy at the time. And this movie was kind of perfect for us at that point because it does such a good job of opening people up to those conversations and making them less about... I think a lot of people can kind of dismiss these kinds of conversations that happen in the movie is, you know, like weed conversations or high conversations, but they're actually based on real philosophical principles and real writers that have been writing about these concepts about free will and what is consciousness and what an existentialism versus postmodernism forever. And distills it into these little bite-sized chunks that also that are visually super interesting and that really kind of bring you in. And it's a great movie that you can, put on, watch a couple minutes of it, watch a couple vignettes and then, you know, stop it, go do something else, come back to it. I definitely want to buy it now that I watched it again, because I really want to have it to just kind of revisit over and over again. It's absolutely gorgeous. And the writing is so beautiful. And the, I want to say voice acting, but it's not because these are actual actors. It's just drawn, you know, it's cartooned over by them, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah I've, fucking love this movie i just find it to be really interesting so different nothing else really like that i've I, seen you since. should you should check out the midnight gospel hmm. the adventure time creator and duncan trestle they have a show on netflix that is a podcast conversation hmm. about philosophy with an animated story made on top of it wow we're like the, yeah. the oh, guest yeah. is like dr I drew pinsky is like the guest star in the episode and they're oh, sieging yeah. a castle and but they're having a com- the conversation is about <laughs> the nature of life. Yeah, um, it's yeah. important. It's it's one of those things too where it's really important to have these conversations. People have been having them since people can could start talking to each other about and, and you know start thinking philosophically. People have been having these kinds of conversations, and for me, it was a really great reminder that we don't always just have to talk about what we're consuming all the time. We can talk about bigger ideas True. and and kind of just wonder out loud with each other and. I thought I think it's a beautiful movie, and I I just really absolutely love it, and I kind of forgot how much I loved it. And Ethan Hawke and Julie Delby are together again, basically playing their mm-hmm. same characters as before midnight. And yeah, um, this is 
but fine. Before Sunrise was the only before one Sunrise, out sorry. from 1995, and the sequel is two years from now. So if you're a Before Sunrise fan, this was like, oh my god, they're still together! It's kind of like a little Easter egg it, yeah. it, for big fans of that, which I was, so I loved seeing that part of it. Um, if you liked this, I would absolutely recommend Sophie's World, which is a Norwegian novel about philosophy that is a fictional novel, but kind of in the same way, brings in big ideas about philosophy in a very uh, bite-sized chunks in ways that are not condescending, but still able to be digested very easily because that's the beautiful thing about philosophy. I was a philosophy major. So <laughs> that's the beautiful thing about philosophy is that it does not have to be these es esoteric ideas couched in this language that is extremely academic that these are just conversations mm. that people have with each other throughout the yeah. years and and it's really i it's just absolutely wonderful this is one of my me many recommends from this week actually because wow. this week is loaded this week <laughs> is super loaded i have to admit i tapped out oh because i could probably if i watched it in like 15 and 20 minute chunks mm -hmm. i probably would like it a whole lot more mm -hmm. because it is just sort of calm and relaxing but brings up these big ideas i was starting to nod off mm. and not necessarily i was bored i was just like too relaxed i don't think that's a failure of the film at all i think that means that the film is i, I think that's a good thing honestly because it is relaxing it should be I just, you know? I, also i wish they did more with the animation because there's there's a couple times where someone is talking and they start sort of animating what they're talking about mm -hmm. and that was my favorite part when they're mm -hmm. just sort of there. And yeah, like you said, it's like an Instagram filter of sort of like, why are you doing this then? Mm -hmm. Like use the animation more. Yeah. I agree with that. I could yeah, see that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, I would go with Scanner Darkly over Waking Life if you want to talk yeah, about an actual story. Mm -hmm. I mean, even, even so, like it's not as visually interesting as it was a few years ago. Right. There's like yeah. adult swim promos that are more elaborate uh, <laughs> than, than this. And just to defend Richard Linkletter, Alex Jones was a staple in the Austin art scene, and it was in a lot of people's weird mm -hmm. stuff back then. Um, but at that time, he was just a kook who mm -hmm. talked about mummies on the radio. And it wasn't, <laughs> it yep. would take him a little while to go full on eh, white supremacist. Yeah, and he's uh, just, he's yelling just kind of standard mainstream libertarian stuff about mm -hmm. like, there aren't two parties. They all are owned by the same people. Corporate interests are trying to rule you. And it's like, well, yeah. There's a yeah. hilarious video out there of Doug Stanhope, who is not aligned with <laughs> Alex Jones, has Alex Jones open for him in Austin. <laughs> and it goes horribly, horribly wrong. And he spent, Alex Jones spent, spends the rest of the night trying to fight the audience. Even, <laughs> even while Doug Stanhope is on stage, he's like, shut up, Alex. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> whew, movies you could talk about forever uh, moving on oh, from Waking man. Life uh, right into Justin Thoreau Laura Eleanor Herring and Naomi Watts and Mulholland Drive Woo! The, Woo! yes bitch love this movie uh, I mean require David Lynch viewing if you're gonna watch yeah. if you're gonna watch one David Lynch movie it's it's either this or Blue, Blue Velvet. Velvet. What? Blue Velvet Blue Velvet Blue Velvet thank mm -hmm. you god I can't remember names right now yeah I mean, I feel like we can just call this the movie that gave us Naomi Watts. Yeah. True. Because uh, she does The Ring next year, and now everyone knows who she is. Um, this movie is a freaking masterpiece, and I love it so much. I love it so much. And I, like, only, I, I like, don't even want to describe what happens in it. Like, why it's would I? How difficult. can you? Honestly, like... <laughs> It's pretty if difficult. You, I think if I, you started to describe it, people would think that you are having some sort of waking dream. I, I, <laughs> I think, I think but production production-wise, it shares 
its gestation with Twin Peaks is because it started as an ABC pilot and right. for a television show. And I you can even see it kind of in the movie where people's hair kind of get a little longer and like, I'm David Lynch, I'll replace these actors. Like, they weren't available again. Mm. Um, so there'll be different people playing these parts. Uh, we'll switch roles. But uh, it's very weird. As res- I, I cannot imagine this being a TV show on ABC. <laughs> um, but <laughs> no, I could I, I could say the same for Twin Peaks. Doing? I was going to say, like, Twin Peaks? I mean... It seems unimaginable, but like... It, and ABC said no, and he got the footage back and shot more and made a... I don't want to call it a totally coherent movie, but, but it's it's the most enjoyable last Lynch movie that I've seen. Other than um, I, I didn't like it. I haven't never finished Inland Empire, mm. and um, but I haven't seen uh, the, the new season of Twin Peaks. But that's about it for David Lynch. Oh, it really is. Man, I, yeah, I, I, I got to catch up on the original. Peaks. I got to I got to catch <laughs> up on the original. He hasn't done much since then. Um, a lot of people don't want to finance what Lynch does, but, uh, Mulholland Drive, and I love hearing ladies talk about it because I, I, I think I heard Kevin Smith say it. He's like, I didn't know what the fuck this movie was about. And I walked out and had my wife had to explain it to me, which isn't something I'm used to. And then, (laughs) and he, I read that after I went to go see this movie with my friend who is just like the least intellectually curious girl. I Sarah knows who this is, but like, does it like not a person I would consider smart Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. i didn't get this at all and she had to like sit me down over taco bell and explain to me what like the whole movie was about and i just like that there's a movie that can be woman splained to you um (laughs) even if you're in a movie theater uh that yeah you should see and it's it's i dare i call it david lynchian i dare yeah i I mean that's (laughs) the thing about david lynch is that they talk about his movies working with sort of dream logic Mm -hmm. and this is him taking that to like the ultimate level of that and that i mean i'm going to spoil it some of the movie isn't real some of the movie is a dream and if you want to figure out who and when and where it kind of doesn't matter that's sort Mm -hmm. of the point yeah characters come and go what does that scene have to do with anything else Mm -hmm. uh you know it starts out where it's about laura lena herring doesn't remember who she is and then she ends up with uh naomi watts playing betty and the you know they're supporting each other and they have feelings for each other and there's a key and they don't know what the key does and they go see a a show with rebecca del rio is singing and uh, yeah all kinds of stuff and then it resets into a different movie that explains some of what we just saw and you can decide which parts are real and which parts are a dream and whose dreams they are and does it matter is billy ray cyrus real he's in this movie (laughs) (laughs) the ultimate question of life is billy ray cyrus real i loved achy breaky heart I put him in my yeah, movie. Just, I remember the laugh that him just appearing in the, the theater when I saw it. Everyone's just like, wait, what? Yeah. Okay. Wait, sure. Cyrus? And he's like so chill. Like, and that whole scene is really funny. And you're not sure, like, what does that connect to? Like, Justin Threw comes home and his wife is fucking Billy Ray Cyrus, the pool guy. And it's like, I mean, what does that, that have is to a dream. do with anything? That is like when you describe, like, Man, I had the weirdest dream last night. I came home and my wife was fucking Billy Ray Cyrus, who is the pool guy. Like, that sounds like a dream that someone would just describe to me. You know? So I stole all her jewelry and I threw pink paint on it? Yes, exactly. I love it, honestly. Like, the, yeah. the, the, uh, there's man. so many people who have tried to do David Lynch, but only David Lynch could really do David Lynch. And also, mm-hmm. too, David Lynch is very good with women characters, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he's really, really like 
makes them sexual without exploiting it. It's just, he's so gifted. I just love him so much, honestly. Yeah, I can't say enough good things. Thank you, Sarah. It really made my life a lot better when I stopped trying to figure out David Lynch. Yeah. Everything is, right. it's not a perfect murder mystery. It's not murder, she wrote. Think everything does not always add up. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Just kind of let it wash over you. Right. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Don't try to figure it out too mm-hmm. hard. Like I'm, I Google Mulholland Dra and do I get Mulholland Drive the actual street? No, I get Mulholland Drive explained is one of the first things that comes up on wow. Google. And it's like, mm-hmm. don't, you don't have to. You don't, you really well, don't. You really don't have to. I mean, it's... just go with the feeling, the mood, the performances are all wonderful. Come on, come on. It's just such a good exercise, I think, for our brains right now too, because our just like with Waking Life, honestly, we are so used to taking in information ex- we want to explain things. We want everything explained to us. I think it's a good brain exercise to expose yourself to things that you just have to decide for yourself and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm. absolutely one of those movies. Yep. And I'm looking right now because it is on Blu-ray. It's on Criterion Blu-ray, but it does not indicate whether or not the Blu-ray is the same as the DVD, which is one of the biggest fuck you DVDs in the universe. Hmm. No chapters. Oh. Yeah. That's right. No I forgot about chapters. that. You want to skip around trying to figure things out or you just want to go to the love scene or whatever. Uh-uh. I don't think so. No Mr. chapters. <laughs> it is a VHS. You watch my whole movie. Form. Yeah. Molo and drive is like, I mean, this is freaking essential, man. And you know what? You get to the end of it and you're like, that didn't make sense. I didn't like it. Okay. I mean, the last, the last shot I still don't understand, but is one of the most accurately filmed dream sequences I've ever seen in my entire life. It, is it the little people? Yeah, man, that shit is awesome. <laughs> Love. It's like Love it. that that is what my dreams look and sound like, the scary ones. And it's on yep. it's on film. Mm-hmm. Neat. Yeah. Also too, Justin Thoreau, yep. one of our coolest dudes. Love that dude. Just always cool. Yep. Makes great choices. How did I forget about him on Six Feet Under? I don't know, but when oh, he showed up doing that rewatch, I was I love that guy. I love him so much. And he has an adorable rescue pit bull who has her own Instagram now. And it is so cute. <laughs> Ooh, all right. So good for him. Right. Yes. All right. Mulholland Drive. Moving on to another movie about women's issues. Mm-hmm. Maybe women need to explain it to men. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but another final movie by a director. There. Really? I'm really bummed that this is the last movie directed by Penny Marshall. Wow. Is it really? But she didn't she's pass not, away yeah, for another like dead. 16 years. But she just retired. Yeah, fuck it. All right. She went out on a high note because I love this movie. Vernon Shirley money. Uh, James Woods, <laughs> Brittany Murphy, Steve Zahn, Drew Barrymore, riding in cars with boys. Don't blame me if this party's no fun. Fun is what you bring with you. She's the friend you grew up with. That's oh. my dad. I never go past second base with a guy, which means nothing below the waist. You are not going to see that girl again. The one you can talk to. Pretend that I'm your parents. I'm pregnant. My daughter's a tramp. How can you do this to me? Okay, go. Never lets you down. It's always you and me. Riding in cars with boys. PG <laughs> thirteen opens everywhere. Uh. <laughs> Dude, I had to go with this ad because it's more like the movie. There was another ad that was all about how it's about the joy of motherhood. And I was like, <laughs> you fucking liars! <laughs> you That's are lying to the, the children. Yeah. No, wait, no. the opposite. It is about teen- teenage Drew Barrymore, all of fifteen, gets knocked up. And how having a kid like derails her dreams and she feels very bitter towards her child mm-hmm. and then has to reconcile with that gradually over time. Like this is not let's all hug mom movie. This what is are you not talking about this is not no. about 
oh, I'm so glad I gave up my dreams. I love my kid more than anything. It's like, mm-hmm. no, there's a point where she's like, I don't think I love my kid as much as other people love their kids. Yeah. 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 I, I absolutely loved this movie. This is such a surprise for me. I thought it was going to be just a run of the mill coming of age sort of story. But mm. I think this is Brittany Murphy's best performance after oh, she was so Clueless. She is so funny in this and so talented. That whole scene that's clipped in the uh, trailer where she's pretending to be the parents. She's like, my daughter's a whore. So hilarious. I laughed out loud. It was so funny. It broke my heart because she's pretending to be Lorraine Bracco in that scene. And I was like, why did they never play mother daughter? Oh, they're perfect together. Oh, the opening of the scene, you get, there's big pussy and then there's Melfi. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) I was very happy to see that. And then I also have to say the scene where Drew Barrymore's character is trying to give herself a um, a miscarriage by throwing herself down the floor (laughs) or down the stairs is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like I was howling because she's, 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 you know, knocked up, does not want to be trying to figure out what to do. Someone's like, oh, my sister threw herself yeah. down the floor, and, down and the it's stairs. Like, it's like the late 50s, too. So there's yeah. Different, yeah. So they have these carpeted stairs and you just see her while her parents are watching TV in the background, just bumping down the stairs on her butt because she cannot <laughs> actually like throw herself down the stairs. It's so funny. What a weird thing to be funny. But yeah, uh, but yeah I loved it. Yeah. O- overall, I just I, there was a lot that I liked about it. But boy, did it need to trim some fat. It's over two hours, and there is a lot of stuff that really needed to. It, yeah, Drew Barrymore is charming. Steve Zahn is an, a, especially wonderful in this. I absolutely loved him as you know, just like the other dumb teenager who just kind of dumbly knocked her up. And he's mm-hmm. just he, he's really he's a good guy, but he's a giant idiot. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, it's just keeps going on and on and on. And it's like if this were an hour forty-five, I really would have liked it more yeah I as see that. Just, and and it doesn't help that i've seen walk hard so many times that whenever <laughs> a movie has movie forwards into the late 60s and mm-hmm. people are wearing like dashikis and love beads i just want to think oh the 60s they are an exciting but changing time <laughs> like i know where this is gonna go and oh look peter fascinelli showed up and said like hey you want to come with me to berkeley i'm like oh god why is it always berkeley Peter Fascinelli. I was tr- I was racking my brain trying to remember that dude's name. I was fine with the length of it because I really just enjoyed so much all the performances and I thought it did a wonderful job of showing the nuanced portrayal of motherhood that yeah. sometimes it is not something that even if you go through with it, it's something that you 100% are okay with that choice. And it's complicated and it's hard for the children and it's hard for the yeah. moms and parents, these young parents and I thought he did a really good job of portraying that other side of it without being very schmaltzy or treacly mm-hmm. about the whole situation. And ultimately, her parents, her dad, is the ultimate villain. Yep. America's really, Rose, James Woods. Yeah. He really fucks her up every single time that he can. And that's mm-hmm. a real upsetting tragedy. Yeah. But, but he has yeah. expectations. She didn't meet them. You're dead to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck, dude? Except for when he wants... To pop back in and derail things again, he did not have to arrest her that time. Mm, no. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah, like overall, it was okay. I thought it was okay. It was like, it was fun, but it just went on too long for me, man. I really like, oh, my whole, it would go up, if it were 20 minutes shorter, it'd go up a whole letter grade for me. Okay. I accidentally but watched overall, Riding the Bus with my sister. 
Oh, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting boys on the side because I, I can't get those. That's what either. I always yeah. think. But this movie unlike is. Sarah, I know they're not boys in the hood. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. You referenced that last week and I was like, oh, my gosh, we're going to watch boys on the side next week. And then, yeah. you know, riding in cars with boys. <laughs> Just combine them into riding the cars, riding in cars with boys on the side. Riding in sidecars with boys. <laughs> boys in the sidecars. <laughs> As it should be. Riding uh, inside boys while riding the Disney movie cars. All right. Um, <laughs> man, moving on to. A hard shit. pivot. Yeah, right. real hard yeah, pivot. Yeah, we got a lady movie. Now we got a boy movie. Into the. About yeah. killing who was. Killing who was. Uh, Ian Holm, Heather Graham, Johnny Depp. It's number one in the box office this weekend from the Hughes brothers. We have From Hell. An unusual crime. It was the way she was done, Inspector. Hope to give her a different breed of killer. An unconventional detective. This was all in your dreams. I saw her face. An unexpected attraction. Your vision's about me. Most definitely. Johnny Depp, Heather Graham. From the Hughes brothers. Objective if it's not finished. A legend. I gave birth to the 20th century. Emerges. You're not going to see the 20th century. From hell. Rated R. I, man, this movie... I feel like I've seen it, and I started watching it right before the show. I'm like, I don't know that I did see this. It's a, it's a movie and a book I feel like I accidentally lie about having read and seen <laughs> all the time. It it's is uh, Alan Moore. Alan Moore. It's Alan Moore's yeah. either first. It's his first Hollywood adaptation. I forget how that goes. The, either the only movie he has his name on or the first time he removed his name from the credits. I think he I mean, might have removed his name. He didn't like it. Well, I, I think he's well. He didn't like the ca- casting of Johnny. No, Depp. no, he he yeah. didn't. Re- it's the only film ever to have his name in the credits because really? he didn't start doing that until later on. Right. Um, because he's a cantankerous dick and wrong about everything. But he was really, really amazing uh, comic book artist uh, during this period and oh, had this writer. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's yeah. Whatever. Uh, Alan Moore. What uh, his first Hollywood adaptation? And I've had a friend who reads a lot and calls this one of his favorite books. It is a heck of a book. It Mm -hmm. is very, the art is very minimalist, Mm -hmm. which is pretty interesting compared to this movie, which is very maximalist. And it it spends an awful lot of time on like Masonic symbology and stuff that can Mm -hmm. get a little dry unless you're like a geography nerd like me pulling out like Google Maps of of Lennon going, ooh, it does make a pentagram. Neat. (laughs) But like, Overall, the the basic theory of Jack the Ripper is like that's a pretty good one, plausible. Not I I generally think Jack the Ripper is just some guy, and this is one of those you know the there's a royal connection sort of conspiracy because that makes for a better movie. It's a better story than it was some guy. He went crazy. It's usually some crazy guy though. It usually is just some guy, and he's crazy. This one, I wish they had a couple more like decent suspects because the second Ian Holm shows up, you're like, Oh, it's him. Mm. <laughs> but what a year for Ian Holm, man, where he gets to be Jack the Ripper and Bilbo Baggins within a couple months of each other. Wow. I didn't it's associate God it bless him. Yeah. Anyway, like it's pretty good. It gets, it's, you know, appropriately creepy and gory. Mm-hmm. I miss the Hughes brothers because yeah, this man. is not their last movie. That's book of Eli, but they've only made like four or five movies. And they're all, they did they're all, fucking fun and yeah dead presidents menace to society yeah not a bad uh, one of the bunch yeah Ooh. those are all pretty good and this one like the look of it is so gorgeous it is every goth kid's dream it's just big slashes of red and black everywhere oh man i i feel like it's worth watching just for the the crazy look of it mm. well but, 
I mean, I had to give it another chance because I tapped out of it after about half an hour. It just was a little too dark for me, honestly. Mm. It was well, it was bumming me out hardcore. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're uh, sex workers with terrible, horrible lives. Yes. And then they start getting murdered in terrible, horrible ways. And yeah. And you feel really, like, they, they make you feel bad for them in a way that most things we focus on Jack the Ripper, the killer, mm-hmm. and it's sort of incidental who he's killing. And to spend so much more time with the victims that you can appreciate, like, oh, their lives are awful. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, they're basically all homeless, and this is what they got to do, even though they, Heather Graham still has amazing teeth. <laughs> like, the, the brightest, only one. I mean. The brightest smile in all of East London. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm recommending it or not. I feel like it's worth a watch, just in general, and especially I, for spooky season. The, the people I know who love the book do not like this movie, and Alan Moore did yeah, not like this. Yeah, I can movie. see why. I, and, I can see why they Hollywood it up. Yeah, but it. Uh, but, but the not people as I, bad as it could have been. The people I know with no connection to the comic fucking love this movie. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Best recommendation yeah, so, I can give it. I don't know. Fight it out in the comments, guys. From hell. How do you Yeah, think? let us know, man. I really meant to get to it, but uh spent a lot of the week passing out. Um, I, was, mm-hmm. I was sad to know that it actually wasn't a movie about Richard Lewis's stand-up origins. Because <laughs> <laughs> that I'd watch. Television of 2001, October 15th to the 21st. That was a real comedy nerd joke. It was good. I was appreciate good. good. I was trying. You. I was trying to follow it up, but I couldn't. I'd like a on crack um, <laughs> to Norm Macdonald. 2001 television, October 15th to the 21st. Um, the Victoria Secret Fashion Show is broadcast for the very first time, and it's on ABC, the Disney <laughs> Network, and uh, 12 million people tune in, and that just seems bizarre. To see and, fancy ladies in their bras and undies. Uh, I we, remember are we still doing looking that? at... Well, yeah, I don't know. I remember huh? I used to read The Smoking Gun a lot, because I, I love primary document websites, and... They put in like a FOIA request for the FCC complaints because this got a ton of complaints about this is pornography. (laughs) And the letters were so funny. Like one of them was from a single dad who wanted to thank them for showing this because it made it talking to his easier to talk to his daughter about her bra needs. I was like, oh, oh, my God, what? Okay, that's kind of weird, but okay. Well, it's just, uh, if if you're like me and noticed all these malls closing down, like Victoria's Secret's always like one of the last things to go. Our our local mall, like, it was just Victoria's Secret in the movie theater for a a really long time. And I, I feel like you could continue televising this and this could be their legacy. We'd, I'd have to explain to them what Victoria's Secret used to be, like National Lampoons. It'd just be the Victoria's Secret televised fashion show. It's like our new Bob Hope comedy yeah. birthday specials, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, could, how could you I not actually, tune into this if you're flipping through channels? Who would not stop for a second? Man, I knew people in college and undergrad, ma- women mainly, who would tune into this every year and right. like make a big deal about it. I never really got it but uh i don't think they're doing them anymore or televising them anymore victoria's secret's also been real not great in recent years their owners made some pretty shitty remarks about who and should not who and who should be and who should not be buying their clothing which yeah no good it's not good did they make it you don't want to sell clothing that's good for a clothing store that sells clothing did they Mm -hmm. make any stipulations about who could smell their clothing deeply (laughs) But then more importantly, is this the uh, the theme song here? It's oh, it's a promo. promo. It's the debut of a show that will run for 10 years, and I have not seen a single episode of. Do you believe a man can fly? People can't fly, Lex. 
I did. October 16th on the WB's new Tuesday. It's the day of the meteor shower. This is how you came into our world, son. What are you trying to tell me, Dad? A small town on the edge of innocence. Who's there? It's me, Clark. I'm used to people judging me before they get to know me. Clark from a small town, from meteor. Sh- it's Smallville. It's Smallville. Yeah. Which we just talked about the, the last episode in May because wow. things run 10 seasons. That's what happens. Very with us. And happens. it's weird they talk about flying because the whole thing was he doesn't ever fly on the show. Yeah. Until, well, at the very, Ooh. very, very, the, very the, end. Literally the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just like in the promo, they have Lex Luthor looking like Matt Lucas. He's <laughs> 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 just like, looks like he should be judging Great British Bake Off right now. <laughs> and um, yes, you. Uh, right-wing fans of our show out there, this is a Superman that smashes puss. You don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about that dirty gay Superman that's mm. out there scaring the right-wing. He's bisexual, right? That's I know. Like, it's know. just, it's just, it's all, so, it's all so silly. It's yeah. a, it's a. But, but Chris, how could, <laughs> how could they start adding politics to comic? Books? Oh yeah, that's never happened. Yeah, that's never happened. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You don't want to look at Superman as an immigrant who told you uh-huh. that fucking xenophobia. He's told you that xenophobia is bad since the 1940s. It's anyway, kind of his point. Yes, from the very beginning, kind of his jam. Yeah, it's kind of the point uh, of those two Jews who created him. Oh, I'm ruining it out there for people's truck mud flaps who have Superman <laughs> logos on them. This and, is when I tell everyone read Cavalier and Clay. It's so good. Um, yeah. Uh, so none none of us ended up watching any Smallville, right? And I'm trying to remember oh God, what no. people said I, about I tr- it. We I tried. The last... I tried, but it was, it was a teen drama that came out when I was entering my 20s. Like, it, yeah. by the time I, I had a, one buddy who was super into it, because he's super into comics like I was, he loved it, and I thought, like, this is not watchable for someone my age. It just, it just isn't. I'm sorry, buddy. It's Kier. Uh But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see it being more for teenagers. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's it's a, a show drama. for teen- teenagers. Yeah, it, was, it, cool. it wasn't something I could connect with at all, and there was, like, no superheroism or anything like that to really loop me in other than the promise of what was going to happen eventually, <laughs> which <laughs> never did on the show. On the 20th, the concert for New York, a tribute to heroes, the yeah. benefit show. Here we go into the, the gigantic concerts and supports and things, the post nine 11 benefit shows. Mm-hmm. We already had a couple. Here we go with the, like the two big ones. And this one I think was definitely the biggest I remember. And they came out with the DVDs and the albums. That's I mean, we the sold before- the, I was working in Suncoast and we had a, like we pushed the rack out front, like practically into the aisle of the mall. Mm-hmm. Like we have it, baby concert for New York. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody oh, wanted to buy one of these things. I have the DVD and I, really? the album. It's double album. I still, it still comes up on my iTunes. I actually really like it because the musical performances are fantastic. The performances are unbelievable. You've got the who Paul Simon, Billy Joel, Elton John, Paul McCartney, David Bowie, Jay-Z, Destiny's Child, Eric Clapton, Backstreet Boys, Janet Jackson, Bon Jovi. It just goes on and on and on. Adam uh, Sandler is Opera Man. Adam Sandler is <laughs> Opera Man. Love that that's listed first. Wow. Mm. Plus, like, so many television and movie stars that were coming on doing, like, interstitial little speeches and talking about the people who lost their lives. It's actually, it's fantastic. Mm. This is a really, really good tribute concert, I think. And so I, when I was doing research about this, like I said, I have the the albums and some of the songs that come up, they have they include the intro that's 
done by, you know, sometimes movie stars, film TV stars, sometimes actual first responders that were there. It would flash to people in the audience. So there, I saw a clip that had uh, John Cusack standing with a bunch of first responders and they all, he was like, let me introduce you to some of the people that were here on the ground. And they were all, you know, say their names, say, you know, what company they're from, uh, fire department or whatever. There's people surrounding them, holding up pictures of their loved ones who like, you know, were gone at that point or Mm. missing. And it's, it's really unbelievable if you watch these clips on YouTube. I I recommend finding the actual DVDs and watching it because it's a great snapshot, I think, of where mm. we were at that point. And there is a clip that is my favorite part of the show that every time it shows up in like my uh, my iTunes like shuffle is it's it's right before the Who comes on, and so Ooh. I pulled it, and it just always makes me. So when I watch this on YouTube for doing research. I did not anticipate what an immediate trigger this would be. Like, I immediately started crying. Like, when I, <laughs> and I did not even know that trigger was there for me, but it, it's just really, yeah, it's just great. All I can say, on behalf of my brother John and the 12 members from Ladder 3 that we've lost, the 20 members of the New York City Fire Department football team that we've lost. And all the people from my neighborhood, my hometown, Rockaway Beach, Queens, New York. Our friends, our neighbors, our relatives, they are not gone because they are not forgotten. And I want to say one more thing. In the spirit of the Irish people, Osama bin Laden, you can kiss my royal Irish ass. <laughs> oh my God! Cancel the who? Everybody just <laughs> loses it. They start chanting USA, USA. I mean, oh. what a beautiful like a moment. The you who know? goes into like the opening licks of Baba O'Reilly. That's yes. Oh, yeah. That's what yeah. happens. <laughs> it's that's exactly what happens. Oh, it's man. pretty unreal to watch. It's just a really beautiful little moment. And so that man's name was Mike Moran, and he mm-hmm. was an FDNY firefighter. And he was from New when- York. Sorry. I looked him. <laughs> I looked him up actually when I was doing this research, and he little news like story came out after Bin Laden was killed. They like the news people. They found him, and they were like wanted to get a statement. And he said that he, you know, was relieved that he was finally gone. He thought he would never see that day, and he said that he found out because like his brother in law or someone texted him. Well, Bin Laden won't be able to kiss kiss your royal irish ass anymore he was like that's <laughs> when i knew he was gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, that's that's good i mostly i remember the short films from this more than yeah. even the performances because i remember there's some really good ones so scorsese does one spike lee does one mm-hmm. uh kevin smith does one about why do new yorkers hate new jersey yes <laughs> there's um, some really funny ones i mean this was yeah. also a great yeah, the jerry seinfeld one was really funny too so good yeah this <laughs> was just like i can film wherever i want he just like parks the car in the middle of Times square and goes walking off and they're like uh do you have a film permit and he's like permit me to introduce myself <laughs> and he is arrested <laughs> i remember that so well ah yeah it's great and it was it's such a good uh tribute because there are funny parts to it you know mm-hmm. and it's really we're at a point now where people can like i don't know feel all their feelings mm-hmm. and, uh, I can't say enough good things. I really liked this a lot. And I think it still holds up really well. It's a great snapshot. 
Concert for New York City. It's astonishing mm-hmm. that the, the next day is a competing concert. Yeah. And this it must, goes all fucking day. Yeah, this concert must, for New York City. must have been a real nightmare for promoters. You can't do both, kid. You got to decide which chair do you want to do. The benefit yeah, concert at a... Do they? RFK Stadium with a shortened version running on ABC, but uh, the performers include Mariah Carey, Al Green, Rod Stewart, Backstreet Boys, doing both, Pink, Sync, Destiny's Child, again? Yeah, again. Mm-hmm. Usher, Carol King, and Michael Jackson. Um, but no DVD or Jerry Seinfeld intros there. I'm exhausted. 2001 video games. We'll talk more in depth about these because some of them require us to do so. Because who could forget Stronghold out this week? Or Batman Vengeance, one of the first games to use the voice actors from the Batman animated series. Mark Hamill, Ooh. Kevin Conroy, uh, Tara Strong, Eileen Sorkin, all in this. In the Devil May Cry is out this week. Uh, a franchise oh. that is still standing strong today. But of course, the big highlight has to be, for the Game Boy Color, E.T. the Digital Companion. Palm Pilots are getting pretty big. What? How would you like an ET themed pocket organizer for thirty dollars for your Game Boy? With a, it has a date and a clock and a a, a date book and a to do list. What? There All are right, su- now you might actually get me to buy a Game Boy. There are a surprising amount of these. Dave and I streamed both Austin Powers one, both Doctor Evil flavor and Austin Powers. That is just like a fake operating system day planner, kind of <laughs> digital day planner. And this is the ET digital companion that is out this week. Maybe I'll stream it. Uh, maybe that'll get me off, oh. off the streaming fence. Um, oh my god, I kind of love that. Patreon.com slash Laser Times, where we'll talk more about that. Yeah, we, I don't see how we get away with without going out with uh, what's going on. Sarah, a few years ago in Laser Time, we, what, we did a, was it tribute songs, tribute albums? It was, uh, yeah, charity songs. Charity songs. And this is yeah. kind of one of the last really, really big ones. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. Yeah, they recorded like a week before 9-11, not even. And oh, this was not out. for 9-11? No, it was no. supposed to be what? for AIDS. I think I knew for that. some AIDS funding, but it came out like, you know, a couple weeks after 9-11, so now it's about 9-11 now, too. Yeah, fuck your red thing, Bono. Um, let's, let's get... 9-11 needs our money now. Produced by Jermaine Dupree and Bono, it features more than 40 acts, including Destiny's Child, there again, again. Backstreet Boys, again, and Sync, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Nas, Ja Rule, J-Lo, Puff Daddy, Gwen Stefani, Michael Stipe, Fred Durst, Mary J. Blige, and Marvin Gaye's mom. Yay. Yeah, and uh, well, I mean, if you know about Marvin Gaye, you know, oh, that's nice. His mom is there, so yeah, because um, you know how Marvin Gaye went out. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> his dad shot him. I know, but let's close out with that. Obviously, highlighting the Fred Durst part. No, I don't know, but uh, stay right there, everyone. Uh, there's so much more to talk about in 2011. internet and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner where we go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of october 15th through 21st we got we got some legit classics man like you can't argue with them they're not even like weird recommends they're pretty mainstream recommends but i'm going for it anyway start with 60 years ago this week saw the release of west side story the original one 
Uh, maybe we'll get to see Spielberg's in December. Maybe. They keep pushing it back, pushing it back, a bunch of jerks. Anyway, uh, this one's directed by Robert Wise and Jerome Robbins, who also choreographed uh, with Natalie Wood, Richard Beamer, George Takiris, Russ Tamblin, Rita Moreno. I love Rita Moreno so much. She's going to be in the new one, too, which, like, damn, girl. Um, anyway, I... The acting of the leads is not great, but everything else is so superb that just you can't. I mean, the lyrics are Stephen Sondheim. The music is like some of Leonard Bernstein's best work. It, it, yeah, West Side Story, if you've never seen it, you should see it because, um, yeah, even the bad parts are pretty great because of the dancing and the music. Then 75 years ago this week, saw the release of one of my top five John Ford movies, which is actually saying a lot because he's an amazing filmmaker. My Darling Clementine, starring uh, Henry Fonda as Wyatt Earp, Victor Mature as Doc Holliday, Linda Darnell as a woman named Chihuahua. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, Walter Brennan, Tim Holt, Ward Bond, a bunch of, you know, his regular type folks. And it's a gunfight at the OK Corral kind of movie um, that is charming as hell. Like, if you like Tombstone, you should definitely go back and watch My Darling Clementine. Henry Fonda is so, so charming in this. So great, you know, with his gunfighting and bringing law to stuff, but also, like, really, really quiet and calm about it. He's not a guns blazing kind of guy. He's, he's very laid back kind of now we're gonna have law and order here and um what if i say please and thank you no okay guns blazing so yeah my darling clementine so many westerns have ripped it off since then oh my god just how it's shot everything and then 100 years ago this week i love when i can recommend a hundred year old movie a uh, hundred years ago this week saw the release of the chic from 1921 with rudolph valentino which is um like pretty damn racist honestly because it's uh, super colonial about He's, he's a romantic foreign kind of guy. And then this white woman who's like on safari or some shit falls in love with him. And, you know, they do not um, paint Arabs super great. And they're all like white guys. But Rudolph Valentino had a very short career and he was a massive star. And so I do tend to shout him out when I can because, yeah, even 100 years later, like, okay, yeah, he can get it. I gotcha. Anyway, so yeah, 100 years old. You want to brag to your friends? I watched a 100-year-old movie. Go watch The Sheik. It's probably out of copyright, so you can probably find it just about anywhere. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Oh my goodness, uh, Cobra Starship is on the charts again this week. That's impossible. Um, no, see, they're not a one-hit wonder. Not a one-hit wonder. Not just the people who came up with that great song from Snakes on a Plane. I forget the title <laughs> of the song. Uh, you Make Me Feel by Cobra Starship. That's what you're listening to. Uh, other new releases out this week, October 15th to the 21st of 2011. It's a new decade, people. Wake up. Self-titled debut of Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. Uh, Hurry Up, We're Dreaming uh, by M83. Or is that... We always say that. Is that Mate? M83? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Are we pronouncing that right? It, it's got to be M83. Um, it's got to be M83. Yeah, anything else sounds stupid. Soul Punk by Patrick Stump of Fallout Boys out this week. Stronger by Kelly Clarkson, and uh, which will hit number one uh, in February? Okay. Yeah. Don't complain. I'm not playing Stronger by Kelly Clarkson. It is a jam, but when it will be number one in February, we'll play it then. All right. Uh, Someone Like You by Adele is, is back at number one after three weeks. Huh. All right, a um, little bit of news to bring into the wonderful world of 2011. We'll mark it off, Coffee. 
Uh, and one of his sons are found hiding in a drainage ditch and beaten to death by a militia. Mm. Yep. Mm. Fuck you. Yep. Yeah. They beat him to death and then they take lots of photos of them putting their shoes on him because that's a big insult. Oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's right. Fuck that guy. Mm. Sucks yeah. to suck. Remember, that's why, you know, George W. Bush, yeah. that guy threw shoes at him? Start yeah, where we learned he had insult. he had ninja-like reflexes. Jesus. <laughs> I just yeah. want to see that guy get hit with a shoe once and he wouldn't even let me do that. Man. Yeah, fuck it off, Moving on to the movies of 2011. Ooh, you're talking to a bunch of Yanks over here, so this was not as celebrated. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, I did not know he was in this. Rosamund Pike, Dominic West, and uh, Gillian and Gillian Anderson, uh, and Rowan Atkinson, and Johnny English Reborn. Yeah. I remember this kind of came to a whimper in America, and I looked at foreign box office numbers and like, nope, Rowan Atkinson is a huge star everywhere but America. Holy shit, this is a huge yeah, movie. People love him. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um. I didn't know. I thought there were only two. It turns out there is a third. This is the second Johnny English movie. I saw the first one, and it's fine. It's fun. It's got some fun stuff. I mean, spy spy spoofs is extremely well trodden territory. Mm -hmm. But Rowan Atkinson is just always so goddamn funny. Even if he can't do the physical comedy he could do, you know, thirty years ago, he's just so damn funny. I forget, so, he's so good. I forget yeah. what laser time I was working on. I think it was people who played characters the longest. And I came upon a story that Rowan Atkinson went through a really messy and financially devastating divorce. Mm -hmm. And if you wondered why, oh, he's doing Mr. Bean again in a Chinese movie and re like coming out with a new Johnny English movie after like 15 years, like, oh, that's why the man oh. has no more money. Yeah. And but no, I mean, it did really well box office everywhere because it doesn't need a huge amount of translating. Right. You know, physical comedy always sells. Mm -hmm. And the reviews on this are actually a little bit better than the first one. It's like, oh, wow. no, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm like. Okay, I okay. should go back because I, I love that guy. This seems like a secret gem for people with kids that are in the like eight to twelve range, probably. Oh. Hmm. You know, I, if, I mean, if it, if the reviews are correct, I'm going to say kids in Greenwich Mean Time. But I know a lot of parents, especially the types of parents who listen to this show, probably are looking for good family stuff that does not make yeah. your soul want to drop out of you. And this <laughs> sounds like that might be the ticket. So, you know. I, I like, I love Mr. Bean and I'm, I'm being a little flippant towards too. Johnny English, but I just, just because I never got to see it. It was something else I never got to see, but this, here. this marks the 10 year anniversary movies. of me having this in the shrink wrap and a Blu-ray I stole from work. Yeah. Uh, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, like that of the, mm -hmm. uh, John Hawks, Hugh Dancy, Sarah Paulson, but kind of, it wasn't where Elizabeth Olsen popped up for the first time, but it was her first big starring role that she got accolades yeah. for. And then now is this in kind is... of everything. Yeah, this is the first time I think we know that this is Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, mm. there's another Olsen, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and she's really good. Yeah, yes. this this is a great movie. Uh, I I really I I mean I have to say I enjoyed it, but it is you know troubling and psychological because Elizabeth Olsen plays a woman who is in a cult led by John Hawks, and then she gets out and moves in with her sister Sarah Paulson, who's very distant they obviously have a whole bunch of problems and it's about her trying to cope with leaving this cult but also you know cope with these family problems at the same time and and lots of inner turmoil and i mean if you've watched wandavision you know elizabeth olsen can do inner turmoil like nobody's business right. yeah i i thought it was i was expecting it to be even darker than it was and it, it doesn't it's not a light fluffy movie but it was just interesting all around man i, I just challenged one of our listeners out there to please just send me a movie 
where John Hawks plays a positive male role model. Like it, we all love this guy, and he's almost always <laughs> yeah. the worst man in the movie. Oh, he was in and, Contagion. Remember, he's yes. He's, was he? For uh, five minutes, he's a nice guy in Contagion. Because he, <laughs> he, he just other places where he plays like a nice dad. I right. feel like. Ha- Winter's Bone. Or Deadwood. No, no. What about Dead? Oh no, he's terrifying. Right. Winter's no, Winter's Bone, Bone is three billboards. The worst. Oh no, that's right. Uh, yeah, he's always cast as the white trash cult Oh, leader. no, I loved him on Deadwood. He was such a nice guy. He's yeah. like I the only him. decent person. Mm-hmm. I love him so much, but I, I am picturing a movie in my head where he actually plays right. a good, gentle guy, and I'm trying to think of what it is. Does, does he not look like a generous lover? Come to me. A guy who... Yes! Oh, oh, yeah. oh what's Absolutely. the one, the, uh, the, the uh, sex therapy movie with Helen Hunt? Oh, Kenzie? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I no. know what yeah. you're talking about. Yep. Sex like therapy him. movie with Helen Hunt. Okay. Yep. It's called. Hold up. It's not the a sessions. box I knew in each. Okay. Obsessions? The session. The sessions. The sessions. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whew, another Kevin Spacey yep. movie we can ignore. Uh, <laughs> oh, I wish we could, but this is good, though. Oh, is it? This is really good. Stanley Tucci. Yeah. Yeah. Very cast. Oh, my God. this week. I'm very frustrated. Stanley yeah. Tucci, Demi Moore, Mary McDonald, Simon Baker, uh, Penn Badgley, uh, Jeremy Irons, Paul Bettany, Zachary Quinto, and Kevin Spacey in Margin Call. Margin Call is out this week. Oh, man. Um, a good companion to the big short. Absolutely. Mm. It takes I mean... place over the course of about one day. Uh, with this, you know, financial company realizing that they're about to get deeply fucked by the subprime mortgage thing and racing and trying to come up with ways to stop it. And as all things, it all starts because they don't listen to Stanley Tucci. Y'all, the Tucci knows what he's talking <laughs> about, okay? Uh, he's the Tucci. The Tucci yeah, is with it. Yeah, this movie is about the financial crisis, so you know that it's on heavy rotation in this house. <laughs> so <laughs> Sam and I have watched it a lot, and it is fantastic, and everybody is doing a great job at it. Yeah, I don't Love know it. why I thought it was going to be more like Boiler Room and Kevin Spacey was just going to yell at everyone and be an asshole. But there's some of that and like a Glengarry Glenn Ross thing, but it also just moves along really fast. It stays very tense. Uh, yeah, Margin Call is, is actually really good. I thought I would just be like, I don't want to watch these assholes and their fucking problems. Fuck you, you guys ruined everything. It's like, no, it knows. Yeah, it knows. it's a, it's 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 paced. I feel like like a thriller, mm-hmm. but just a lot of like white dudes in suits. Yep, mm. screwing each other over, mm-hmm. and while they screw the rest of us. Oh, why did I then? Why did I make an attempt to watch the next movie? <laughs> because it's hilarious. I. I hate uh in the supporting cast is the most irritating part about it. They're so this, great. How did they think that we would root for the good guys? Right. All the bad guys when are the best. The bad guys are so great. Uh Christoph Waltz, Orlando Bloom, Juno Temple, James Corden, um Mads Mikkelsen, Luke Evans, Ray Stevenson, Matthew McFadden, M- Milojovic, and Logan Lerman in the three musketeers. <laughs> We are the Three Musketeers, an elite group of warriors. Now a powerful new weapon threatens the world, and only we can prevent the coming apocalypse. You want to be a musketeer? This is your chance. On October 21st, shall we? The greatest adventure of all comes to life like never before. All for one. One for all. The Three Musketeers. PG thirteen. What the fuck? This this movie is ridiculous. And if you've ever wanted to see the Three Musketeers ruined and starring Tom from Secession, um, <laughs> it's so utterly absurd. And it's it, it, I'm watching this movie directed by Paul W S Anderson and written by Alexander Dumbass. 
of, uh, <laughs> of the whole time I'm thinking like I hated Sucker Punch, but this just highlights why Michael Bay and Zack Snyder are visual geniuses, and Paul W S Anderson is not. That is a really good comparison. Yeah. I wow. had not thought of that. The over the topness of everything. Yeah, and just mm-hmm. well, just like over the topness with like a Canon Rebel DSL are like like it, all this looked like someone at home trying to recreate what Michael Bay and Zack Snyder do. Whoosh cams, they speed up, they slow down, but not a single thing happening in the frame is very impressive at all. Uh, there's yeah. too much CG, just not where there should be. Um, mm-hmm. There's too many cuts, just also not where there, sh- there should be. This is one of the worst things I've ever fucking seen. <laughs> it is so stupid. So, all right. First of all, yes, they're expecting us to side with the three musketeers and D'Artagnan, who there's like no way to differentiate the musketeers. Yeah. Like they, they don't really have personalities versus Christoph Waltz, Mads Mikkelsen and Orlando Bloom dressed like Gary Glitter. Okay. I know who I'm rooting for. Like this and, is and, 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 oh, and Til, Jovovich. Til Schweiger. I haven't seen Til Schweiger in a while. Yeah. Til um, Schweiger's in there and weird connection. Logan Lerman played uh, the eight year old version of the kid in riding the cars with boys. Whoa. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. Pretty cool. Also, also, I had to look this up. Uh-huh. What the fuck is a musketeer? And it's in the name. People train in the art of musketry. Yep. When did this, bec- like, film ruin this series and, like, it's just sword fighting. Like, no, no, no. They're They're trained gunmen. All of yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all of them. They are right. guys with all muskets. My, all my time periods then are all confused. Yeah, it, it makes it very confusing. They just had swords the whole time. It makes it very, very confusing. I thought, it, and where does the candy bar come from? That I know. It, Ooh, they used to have. Nougat. Nougat. They used to have vanilla and strawberry nougat, and they'd call it the Three Musketeers. It's got it all. And then everyone was throwing away the strawberry and vanilla nougat, and they're like, all right, fine. We'll make the whole candy bar chocolate nougat instead of three Neapolitan I need that movie, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I love a Three Musketeers bar, and I say bring back the strawberry and vanilla nougat. I'll take all the nougats. I like the Charleston Chew versions. A little too chewy for my taste, but whatever. I could use the fluffier Three Musketeers version. Give me some variety. It's Halloween. You know what? The film version of Three Musketeers, which has been filmed at least 30 times? Yeah. Airships. (laughs) It needed more airships. Also, of course they're designed by Leonardo da Vinci because he's the only person who ever invented anything. anything. Hey, he's one of ours. If you're going to change the Columbus Day, make it Da Vinci Day. Da Vinci Day. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. So it opens with them uh, finding this vault full of Da Vinci's hidden crap. They steal the airship design, which is just a galleon with a hot air balloon attached to it. Then they destroy all of his stuff, which is like, thanks, dicks. It and also, then it, it fast forward. What are musketeers in, in this movie? They're ninjas. That's they're what the, ninjas. they're ninjas. Yeah, exactly. That's what they are. Uh, and then we get to roughly sort of the original Three Musketeers story about like, oh no, they faked the letters from the queen and that's that makes it look like she's having an affair with this British guy and that's going to lead to war. We better go stop them by taking this airship and blowing up the Tower of London. That'll stop that war, all right. <laughs> also, Mia Jovovich is also a ninja. She has to do a thing where they don't have lasers yet, so they can't have a laser grid for her to shimmy under, so they have like wires. And, and and with like diamond on them, I think, to cut you. Yeah, it. This movie is so <laughs> hey, ridiculous. What? And like the fuck. 
everything, every second of this movie screams, you did not want to make a Three Musketeers movie. You would rather make a movie with modern things and modern modern things to dodge. It all it all screams of like, why why make this? Who's which one of you is the fan of this? Just make a modern Three Musketeers. Sure, yeah, set it in modern yeah. times. Call it the the three fucking Marines or some shit. Who cares? Yeah, well, the, and, because then you end up with Mission Impossible, but with like bigger fight scenes. But that's what they I want. Mean, that's, that's what they're trying to do. It's the, there's they're, something about this, like in, that, Diana so. may more <laughs> may know more about it. Everyone in this movie at one point wears the stupidest hat I've ever seen, <laughs> and it's 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 not just that it's a stupid hat. It's what people think people in old movies wore because they watched the Daffy Duck Scarlet Pumpernickel cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> and and it, everyone is a really dumb hat with a giant feather in it, and it's it looks I mean, so stupid. Did they call it macaroni? It's, <laughs> it's in France. <laughs> that Yankee shit it over there is so fucking dumb that I have to recommend it. It's oh? it's it is it's, a truly great bad movie. Excessively dumb. Every minute, every couple minutes, you kind of want to pause it and go like, "But why did they do that?" Yeah. <laughs> They had all this money. Why? Why does young D'Artagnan look like young unfrozen caveman lawyer? That is the worst <laughs> hair you could ever give a human being in a movie. It, it, <laughs> Why did they put Mads Mikkelsen as like the henchman and yeah. expect me to root against him? Like I want him to stab and eat every single other character. I want him to be on the screen all the time instead of our three leads. Four, excuse me, four leads. They do that in a lot of Three Musketeers movies. Like it's uh, Three Musketeers, four men. Who knows why? (laughs) Yeah, at least like Orlando Bloom looks like he knows what the assignment is and looks like he is actually having fun. He's camping it up quite a bit. Yeah, I'll give him that one. Mm. But yeah, it ends with a fight on these flying galleons, like a like a giant fucking ship with a hot air balloon attached to it, and they have the ability somehow to like pull up alongside each other in the air and like put a plank across and you could walk across like like this technology makes any sense whatsoever and then in the big battle it it rips off wrath of khan spock dies no that's the next one (laughs) (laughs) i know spock doesn't die that would be pretty funny actually if they're like oh no our nuclear core and our flying galley (laughs) (laughs) i feel like the Three Musketeers property goes into the same little pile along with Sherlock Holmes and Robin Hood that you just can't get it right. No, you just can't it, do it. Very, and Don Quixote is the king of that pile, obviously. Uh, but Yeah, well, maybe if they had more Gatling guns like this does. The only good Three Musketeers is the soundtrack to the Disney movie with Sting, Brian Adams, and Rod Stewart. Yes. All for love. That is the yeah, only good the 70s ones. No, the 70s I know, ones the Richard good, Lester though. ones. Are... The Richard Lester ones are actually good. They're a mm. lot of fun. And explain why there's a fourth Musketeer. Yeah, for and, the sequel. Yeah. That they filmed well, at the same time, and then the mm-hmm. whole cast sued. Because they weren't told, oh, actually, you're making two movies. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, <laughs> the fourth Musketeer, though, the flavor is mutton. And that's why nobody <laughs> liked it. <laughs> Your favorite kind of licorice. Uh, <laughs> Salted licorice. Mutton licorice. Mm. Mutton. Mutton nougat. That'll put, that'll put hair on your daughter. Yeah. No, look, we, we've talked about multiple shitty versions of the Three Musketeers, and this might be the shittiest that's the most fun. Like, by the end of it, you will be laughing. I guess it's never really boring because it but it does something stupid it, every five it. seconds. It sucks. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's embarrassing. It's so dumb that... At least you're going to have a good time laughing. It's at embarrassing. It. Paul W. S. Anderson got to skate by on the Resident Evil franchise and the the Globe's recognition for that franchise. 
And they're some of the worst movies I've ever seen. And, 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 and without that license, you can see what a, t- what a, like a hack filmmaker he is. Oh, it's so dumb. And, it's so dumb. And I'm not just mad because he married Mila Jovovich, who was rightfully mine. We all know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but oh. yeah, if, as long as he keeps bringing her along, I'll keep watching your Monster Hunters. And Yeah. I, I feel like... We, we got ourselves a ricochet situation again where in a couple of days I'm going to start getting messages of what the fuck? And I'll be like, I told you. <laughs> this movie's fucking, this movie's fucking stupid. I, I don't know. I had fun with ricochet. This feels like it, it's still permeating the zeitgeist movie. Some movies are still being made like this, but they're not really anymore. No one's going to make another Three Musketeers movie with this budget. Yeah. Um, because I the feel mo- like we're due. We make it really? every, yeah. pretty much every Again. 10 years. I feel yeah. like we do the same thing with Robin Hood. We mm. do the same thing with Sherlock Holmes. Like, it's on its way. If it's not like... Yep. Three black kids in Compton. I don't fucking care. I don't Let's care do at all. I don't love that. Yeah, never. Yeah, yeah don't care at all. Don't want to. Don't want to see king, another they run, version of this. They work for like a drug lord. Yeah, <gasps> something like that. Change it up. Great idea. Change it up. Like all those, all those stories are timeless for a reason. You're supposed to change them a little bit, and they never do. Uh, and except well, in ways. I mean- this are changing it. <laughs> they they do expand a, a role for Mila Jovovich to do ro- like a uh, rock ninja things, but well, okay. But let's just do a blanket rule that cha- like making something what sounds like a little bit more steampunk mm-hmm. is not enough. Yeah, no, that doesn't. That's not changing it, y'all. No, I'd, I'd rather see like a, a like a hoity-toity at English accent parade, like straight up version of this or a one reskinned in a different time and place with a different cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do not want to see any, I don't want to see a Hollywood version of a public domain novel ever again. Never, yep. never, never, never. <laughs> uh-uh, I don't want to, what you think is cool. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Speaking of what I think you, there's the problem is they're trying to make it cool for now. It's so sweaty. Mm. And it's, it's so, so dumb. Like we just sweaty. talked about the best year from 2001 sweaty, yeah. where it's like, oh, what if they Kung Fu fight? <laughs> it's like it again it is hilariously stupid that's what, if what they happens. kung fu fight and then what if we slow down the footage like a thousand frames a second like you're making the bad longer do you understand <laughs> that stop doing this roll that footage at normal speed i'm your dad now play that shit. <laughs> play it at one x i don't want to see that shit again son <laughs> uh, uh, and and I, I talk about uh, I don't know why I'm speaking on behalf of the kids because I didn't see the number one movie at the box office because I, I it's one of those movies I assume I have seen even though I definitely haven't Paranormal Activity three uh, starring a bunch of people that I'm not going to read off it's number one this week wave hi to the camera Katie whatever happened to us when we were little Christy you want to say hi I don't remember anything it thrived on fear. Remember the rules? Say Bloody Mary three times. Okay. Bloody, Bloody Mary. Mary. Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's not funny. Paranormal Activity 3. Uh, if I say I hate these movies, I hate how easy they are to make. Mm. And I hate that, truth be told, I'm not scared by most scary movies. I am by Paranormal Activity. They make mm. me jump. They make me sweat. Um, I, I don't, it's not actually fun for me. Uh, it, it, I don't feel good because I think they're effective. I give them a lot of credit in that they do the same thing every time, but they do mm-hmm. vary it. 
enough that it's they're not just making exactly the same movie so like the first movie it's all about the oh digital footage and then the second one is about <laughs> scary security cam footage and this one they the scariest thing of all old camcorder oh, footage <laughs> this was meant to hunt haunt bob saget because it's a prequel set 20 <laughs> years before the original uh, I I love they have a weird continuity and a timeline running through these, and will eventually yeah. expand the story. But um, I didn't have time to revisit it, and I don't know that I regret that just yet. Yeah, the, the reviews were all over the place. Where mm. some of them were just like uh, this again, and some were like, "No, I like that they're evolving this and adding sort of this, this, this filling in this backstory with like you know the scary home movies from the eighties, mm. explaining what's happening in current times." Like, okay. Well, your mileage may vary. It has one of the biggest openings of the year, though. It does. Mm. Like, of a $5 million budget of 10 years yeah. ago money makes several hundred million dollars. Yeah. Wow. It, it mm. just destroyed at the box office this weekend. No one had a chance. Because it's spooky season. It is spooky season. And this is a franchise arguably at its height. I looked at the box office real quick, and I, I don't, I'm not sure budget-wise it gets higher than three. And even its diminishing returns are still like... Money three musketeers would beg for, but yeah, Parallel Activity three. Sorry to sell it so short. I did not get to it this week. My tummy hurts right now. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I, I I've been assured by my doctors it can't be the same thing that I felt last Tuesday. No. It, it medically cannot, even though it feels logically similar. it cannot. Mm-hmm. Medically too. TV of 2011, October it's 15th your through the Phantom 21st. Appendix. <laughs> I know. It's what it feels like though, for real. It's. Uh, Anna Faris, uh, hosted your host, Anna Faris, with musical guest Drizzy Drake is on this week. Um, yeah, with a fun little uh, weekend update, uh, musical interlude, got Jake and Jay Farrow uh, doing a little <laughs> Halloween style song that I want someone to grab so we can start putting it into Halloween mixes Ooh, okay. because hmm. it is about werewolf bar mitzvah. Spooky. Oh, I wish it was werewolf bar mitzvah, <laughs> but both of these guys are dressed up as teenage werewolves for some reason that doesn't really have anything to do with the, the rap that they're about to sing. All right. There you go. <laughs> Cut. Yeah. That's what the cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> What we do with Drake? We bag jacket bitches. What we do with Drake? We bag jacket bitches. Take your home back and can't leave you in the cold. So bring the ruckus if you're under 12 years old. It's 758 and now your curfew was pushing. Watch out cause like Republicans, I'm behind the bushes. It wasn't me if you asked me, that's what I'ma tell ya. And I'ma eat so much chalk in my blood types Nutella. Got one in signs from Mad Parents State Troopers. Kidnap Willy Walker and bitch slap the Oompa I have never ever seen anybody <laughs> rap from Wally's cue cards. But that is what, clearly what Jay Farrow is doing. He's like reading this for like the first time. All right, we made revisions. Uh, he's squinting. It's pretty good though. Yeah. They're talking about bag jacking, which means bag stealing jacking. candy from children. Which I do not support. Uh, but I do appreciate the lyric like Republicans were behind oh, the bushes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. And then uh, the next day, we have the very first episode of Talking Dead. It premieres on AMC in a time slot I cannot recall. Oh my God, your show. <laughs> it, 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 I, did, I did, behind the scenes, create Talking Dead. I deserve no yeah, credit for this. But I, but I was, yeah, shit, maybe like 10 years ago this week, I was in New York hosting a post-show with Chris Hardwick and uh, Robert Kirkman, creator of Walking Dead. 
It was one of the silliest things I've ever been involved in. And they're like, we're going to play an exclusive clip. And like, you expected me to be like some fucking model DJ who doesn't watch the show. I'm like, you played it. I was, and I, they played a clip from last week's show. I'm like, did you think I don't watch the show? You just disappointed fucking hundreds of people <laughs> by promising them an exclusive clip. You played a clip from last week. Anyway, yeah, I invented Talking Dead pretty much. And Chris Hardwick cut me out of there. Yeah. More and then they come in on the second season, which is the boring one where they're at a farm and no one goes anywhere. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I, I just... This should have been dead. Like I, I knew HBO was doing some Game of Thrones thing, but it was streaming. It didn't automatically come on on TV for millions of people afterwards. And I, I thought, surely this they're not doing that anymore with the internet. They are. They are very much still doing Talking Dead after The Walking Dead as of this year in October. Um, and also, last but very leastly, Kelsey Grammer and Stars present the all-new drama Boss, which I think I watched... Eh? One, I think Kelsey Grammer's like the mayor or something, but he's also a little corrupt. Oh. Uh, I thought I watched the first episode, but here I am trying to recap it like an idiot, and I can't. So, but right. <laughs> also, I had surgery and my tummy hurts. Moving on to games, which again, we'll discuss way more on patreon.com slash laser time. Especially, where were you during the first annual EB Games Expo? I believe in Australia. Uh, EB Games setting up its own E3, but for consumers. I also worked at a video game publisher, and they kind of treated this like E3 as well, like a bunch of people who work at a GameStop and the public. Like, uh, but we'll give you a good demo, so you tell all your friends about it. I think it hasn't been done in recent years, but EB Games Expo, first one this year. Video games of uh, 2011 all over the place with interesting titles dungeon defenders tropico 4 skylander spyro's adventure i would say the most daring uh dive into toys to life that uh you may have seen disney infinity or amiibos this was activision i forgot they started as a spyro game uh but skylanders eventually warped into a netflix show and a internet tv show and it's this whole new thing that you never even thought about Spyro uh, when you thought about Skylanders. We got Payday the Heist, Everybody Dance, Ratchet and Clank, All for One, Rocksmith, a, a game I did some silly thing with and our one of our buddies still works on, and uh, which is a game that is a guitar hero but with a real guitar. I shouldn't say Guitar Hero because it's not about scoring points. You can literally learn how to play a guitar with your PS3 and 360 at this point, and it's still around. Yeah. And then we have Batman Arkham City. Um, the last Arkham game was a detective mystery set in an asylum. This is the whole city open up GTA Batman. It was what everybody had always wanted. And it's what the series pretty much remained, uh, until it, it well, I think there's another one coming out just without Batman, uh, Warner brothers, Rocksteady's uh, Arkham city, pretty, pretty wonderful, great game. I did not get anywhere near all the trophies. I liked Arkham Asylum a little better cause it's focused, but. Inarguably, Batman Arkham City is the high point of that trilogy or tetralogy, considering if you want to uh, use the prequel in there. Um, anyway, we'll talk more about that on Patreon.com slash LazerTime with my other video game buds. You can also listen to the 302010 Classic Corner Show. Nobody puts classics in the corner. Die. where can people find you at? They can find me on the Twitter at ListenerNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast. And coming up next week, we got, oh, we got some fun stuff. We got some sci-fi with Justin Timberlake and Amanda Seyfried. Oh, God. Unfortunately, we have more Kevin Spacey, but at least this time he's with Jeff Bridges and maybe someone's from outer space. 
And I know what you're talking about. We got Antonio Banderas not cutting up people, but being an adorable kitty. We have we have Starman and a Starman ripoff. It's incredible. Oh my gosh. Mm. And Drew Barrymore is back, and this time she is a cool teacher to a young man named Donnie Darko. Ooh. Ooh. I've been meaning to rewatch that. Does it suck? Is it any good? Was I just a teenager? I can't remember. Which yep. I wasn't. But... It's gonna be good. All right. Anyway, plugs out of the way. Yeah, we got to figure out who died and who lived. Yeah, who died during this period? Oh, well, in 1991, we lost singer Tennessee Ernie Ford, who was 72. And then in 2011, we lost Tom Wilson Sr., who was 80, the creator of Ziggy. Oh, not the the dad to Biff Tannen? No, I thought that too. Yeah, I had to check. No. Nope, creator of Ziggy. And a true American hero, Arch West, who was 97, he is credited with inventing Doritos. Wow. Wow. You That's never knew 20- his name before, did you? No. You didn't honor him 10 years ago when he died. I thought I, I, I wanted to be like Don Rito. That was that would have been really <laughs> nice. I, and I, I just want to say, I'm a huge fan of comics. Uh, and as a little kid, I didn't always get to pick what comics I was reading. I'd usually get something for my birthday, beg for a comic book at the store. Calvin and Hobbes, for instance, was thrust into my hands, and our local paper didn't even have it, so I just never heard of it before. The first book I ever had was Ziggy. I was, that's the first comic strip character I ever fell in love with, and I was very happy with, and I had a little Ziggy doll. And I don't like people making fun of Ziggy, because it's better than most comic strips, and didn't wear it, it's welcome. It has a little bit of a 70s vibe, but Ziggy is wonderful, and if you've never seen the Christmas special, animated by Who Framed Roger Rabbit's Richard Wilson, music by Harry Nilsson, uh, it is absolutely wonderful. Ziggy's Gift, you should check it out. I love you, Ziggy. Thank you, Mr. Wilson. Wow. Mm-hmm. What a nice tribute. Sick of people talking shit, shit on Ziggy, even though most of them are dying now. But <laughs> <laughs> Ziggy hasn't been Ziggy hasn't been visible enough to talk shit on for like fifteen years. But with that out of the way, Diana, who was born with birthday quiz? Birthday quiz. Who's born? Oh, birthday is a doodly do, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong do. Oh, birthday! Someone turning fifty who has accomplished so much crazy shit. Mm. that I just didn't know where where to start or stop with this guy. But born October 20th, 1971 in Long Beach, California, his dad and his stepdad had both left by the time he was four. Not starting great. Yeah. He played piano and sang in church, and since then he has three number one hits, although two of them he is featuring. I'm trying not to say Snoop Dogg. Why would you do that? Um, Because he's from Long Beach. Yeah. Yeah. It's Snoop Dogg. It is Snoop Dogg. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just didn't want to immediately get it in there. Uh, the black guy with the, the the gone father. I didn't want to. I didn't want to like immediately jump to that conclusion. Like maybe it's the sublime one of the most guy. Famous people from Long Beach. So true. Fair enough. That's true. All right. You want to hear about some of the shit he's done? Yes. Uh, he directed a porno in 2000 under the name Michael J. Corleone. That won <laughs> clever. He gave a keynote address at South by Southwest, blaming Reagan for the crime surge in the 1980s, which he was a part of. (laughs) Not really. He's been in jail a couple times. I know, Uh, but all like celebrity, like hood, hood, not real hood crimes. Back in the day, uh, cocaine with intent to distribute. Mm. Yeah. Uh, He performed at the Kennedy Center Honors for Herbie Hancock. He holds the Guinness World Record for the largest paradise cocktail, 132 gallons of gin juice and apricot brandy. (laughs) (laughs) He got his break when a tape of him freestyling over hold on by en vogue made it to a producer the producer was dr dre and his fried chicken recipe uses barbecue potato chips and (gasps) that i need to try Ooh, girl that that sounds amazing that is brilliant 
I'm convinced now that Snoop Dogg is the smartest man in show business because kind of like Danny DeVito, we all kind of love him. Yeah. Yeah. My dad thinks he's cool. My mom thinks he's cool. Friends with Martha Stewart. We don't associate him with with music anymore. He's just kind of beyond that. Yeah, but he he was in the middle of the gangster rap, you know, the big feuds that caused so so much horrible stuff. Like he went to, he was on trial for murder. Yeah. And murder was the case they gave him. Yeah. And he he figured out how to get out of that and keep a career going. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, it's nuts. So anyway, we've talked about him uh, in the movie. I got the hookup hot boys directed by master P mm-hmm. down for life. Fallen up Bruno on TV and King of the Hill, crank yankers, Bernie Mac, boondocks and trailer park boys and weeds. Of course, wow. half bake training day. And next week we're talking about bones. <laughs> His horror movie. I know. Which I'm curious to watch. I know. Oh my God. I thought he was in bones. The TV show. I was yeah. like, what a turn. <laughs> Where you going, movie. David Borneas? Um, <laughs> yeah, c- congrats. Yeah, Snoop Dogg, you said all that. He's only 50. Happy birthday, Calvin. Um, wow. Yeah. Calvin Broadus, I think that's his name. Calvin Broadus is uh, his name. Bro- Broadus was the stepdad, too. Was the his name that they gave him. Just poosh, disappeared. Or, you know, how all of our parents know him as Snoopy Doggy Doggy. Snoopy Dog Snoop. <laughs> Snoopy Dog Snoop. <laughs> Snoopy Dog. Snoop Dog. You introduced me to Dolomite. I got him credit for that. Oh. Yeah, he's. Nice. Name check twice in doggy style, and it had me seek it out, and then Sam and I became obsessed with the film. We were little kids. Awesome. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Should have a new episode of Laser Time out for you this week about the history of TV animation, and at least one spooky episode for Halloween, hopefully. Um, I'm still behind in schedule. Uh, behind in, uh, nobody puts classics in the corner, but we definitely have uh, at least one of those ready to go up this week, and... Uh, the video games of 302010, we have that as well that I need to put together. But thank you guys so much for listening. What are we closing out with? Well, I thought we'd go out with Shiny Happy People by R.E.M. A, because it's on the charts this week in 1991, and B, because I'm just so happy we had so many movies to recommend this week, yes. man. I just, like, pretty much everything is a recommend on some level. Yeah, without a ton of blockbusters, or really any what you would call blockbusters. But just some mm-hmm. great yeah. stuff. Good yep. recommends. And I, I, I'm tired of this song getting shit. I think mm. a lot of R.E.M. songs are used today ironically. They like, use Everybody Hurts when there's like a sad scene and then shiny happy people and it picks up. But this song is like a deliberately positive song on an album filled with like kind of morose music. <laughs> and it's, A song literally called Low? Yeah. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's got, what's her name? Kate from the B-52s in the song, which... Mm-hmm. I, there was some struggle, but those were two of the two biggest bands to come out of Athens, Georgia, mm-hmm. finally mm-hmm. combining. And I don't know what happened. Like, I watched a B-52s video on Facebook, and now it just constantly recommends B-52s videos to me. I'm like, I haven't seen any of these, so thank you. Yeah, uh, there are worse <laughs> things to happen. Yeah, these are all these videos are very, very pleasant. <laughs> really, like, I'll watch Rome every morning, and all it is is stock footage of other countries. <laughs> um, <laughs> Very, very good. Well, take us out, Michael Stipe and the gang. Tell a friend about the show if you can. Maybe considering uh, dropping a dollar at Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, once again, thank you to all of our very, very fine patrons over there, as well as executive producer Sean Naughton. Shiny, happy people. We'll see you next week. Gold and silver shine.